Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Slow, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, heelsandaface.com. Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. All 
All right, welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. I'm soon to be joined, other half of the Can-Am Connection. His name is Christopher Butt. Coming up on tonight's show, Jade Cargill has signed a multi-year deal with WWE, but someone convinced her to jump ship. Who was that? We're also going to give you some new reports on Serena Deeb in AEW. Where has she been? We also get an update on Adam Cole's situation. All that and so much more. Right now, let's go ahead and let's bring him in. He's the other half the KM connection. He's my good friend from the north. His name is Christopher Butt. Butster, how you doing, man? I am fantastic. I had three days off. Uh, back to the office today. Uh, the place didn't explode while I was away. I didn't have an obnoxious amount of paperwork or anything. It was a good day. How about you? That, that sounds fantastic. Anytime you step away from from work, you you never quite sure what you're going to come back to, and and that's kind of the big thing about when people take time off. It's like uh, I'm loving it, but what am I going to come back to? That's usually the big kind of the kind of fly in the ointment. But it sounds like things went really well, and that's awesome. I'm I'm good. Uh, I had uh, a very busy afternoon, um, but my day was good. Other than that, by the way, um, I officially am hooked up to my CPAP machine. Uh, I actually nice. and now I'm a CPAP person, so. I went ahead and got all that stuff. I had my orientation, and I, I look like Maverick from Top Gun with the mask. It's a full facial. It's uh, it's interesting. So First off, you look nothing like Maverick. I don't. And secondly, I'm sure it's not the first facial you've ever had. Did you get the pillow I told you to buy? I didn't get the pillow yet. Um, I can get it on Amazon, right? I don't know. We bought it at Shoppers Home Healthcare. Shoppers Home Healthcare. You're not going to find that. That's a Canadian. Thing. That's a Canadian thing. Okay. All right. I'll try to find the equivalent to what's it called? Shoppers Home Healthcare. Shoppers Home Healthcare. I'll look for that. Um, let's talk some wrestling. So you were the one who kind of broke the news to me after your sources got back to you uh, about uh, the Jade situation. Obviously, she has not only signed with WWE, but it looks like it's a pretty big deal here. So. Uh, any of the latest news on her signing her contract in WWE? Uh, last I heard, uh, actually, it's official now. She signed a multi-year deal with WWE. Wow. Uh, she's not going to developmental. She's going straight to the main roster. Uh, wow. Just before we started here tonight, I was looking through, and she's teasing that they've already picked what roster she's going to, but we'll have, we'll have to stay tuned to find out. Uh, I haven't heard of a, a day she'll be she'll be on tv but it's done deal just not it's not rumor and innuendo it's happening no, it's officially happening jade cargill uh at one point in time was thought to be at least in, in many people's eyes the future um at least a big part of the future of the women's division in AEW. you know tony khan pushed her to the moon so they can't say that she didn't get an opportunity because she clearly did i mean she was 50 and 0 60 and 0 and then obviously she had a title defense and then she called out uh anyone who wanted to come out obviously the returning chris statlander came out statlander beat her and then they most recently had a rematch uh that was on rampage Good match, um, but Satlander retained. They shook hands afterwards, and um, that looks like Jade was finishing up with AEW at the time. I went ahead and I did a little additional digging here. So I don't know if you heard this yet, but Jade would go on to say Cody was the reason. Cody told her to come on over. Um, I don't want to start to be that guy who starts to pick sides or whatnot. But yeah, I mean, when you think about it from this perspective, I get it. Everybody's a free agent and everybody has an opportunity, but do you think Cody should really be trying to cherry pick people from AEW, from them re-signing and trying to get them to come to WWE? I mean, he was a big part of 
how AEW started. Sure, we should. Why not? I don't know. I just think that he would just kind of stay impartial when it came to, you know, when people came available. Because it just feels like, hey, he was part of this organization. And now every single time something happens, he's going to try to cherry pick. And I do feel like, tell me if I'm crazy, but I do think Max very well may jump to WWE. Max, I'm not sure about. Um, I mean, very well could happen. Problem is, if Max goes there, he's not going to be the MJF we know and the MJF that we love and he's over. He's going to have to tone it way down. Yeah. He won't be able to say the stuff he's saying. It just won't fly. People will be up in arms and... You know, sponsorships going to piss and moan, and, and it's just not the WWE way. Well, it's not what the WWE way has been. We don't know what it's going to be going forward with TKO and everything. Could be completely different. You're but right. It stands. It wouldn't fly, and he. I don't think he would benefit from going there. He would get lost in the shuffle. I think. Because his biggest weapon is his mouth. He's very good in the ring. Don't get me wrong. But he's he's a mouth. He's a great talker. And they're going to take half of that away from him. I just. Don't think it would fly. Do you think that, I mean, you got to think about it from a lot of different perspectives. Do you think if AEW lost Max, that's a huge hit? Massive hit. Uh, that's that's up there. Honestly, when like with when Hogan went to WCW, yeah, it's, I think it would be that big of a deal. Do you think it would be something that AEW could recover from? Oh, they can always recover. A any organization could recover, but it would be a kick in the pants. Yeah. It would take a bit. You're not going to sort that out in two weeks. Well, I mean, the thing I keep coming back to is when you think about, you know, AEW and WWE, and, and you almost get this feeling with Impact, and this is by no means me uh, trying to, you know, not be respectful to Impact Wrestling, but Butster, I think you'll get where I'm going with this. Impact is looked at as a stepping stone. It, it, it truly is. If you are not with either AEW or WWE, it is looked as a stepping stone. People don't sign really long-term contracts with Impact Wrestling, if you think about it. And do you think that AEW could be looked at in that same conversation? Oh, I really want to get to WWE. I'm going to spend some time in AEW, get some name recognition, and then bolt. Do you think it's looked at that same way, or maybe not so much? Possibly. WWE is the top of the heap. We all know that. Like it or lump it. That's the way it is. Yeah, this is true. So if, if you're trying to get to the pinnacle, you want to get to the top. WWE is where you want to go. So, you know, if you're if you're working your way up and you know, you're on dynamite Wednesday nights, you're getting exposure. You know, your value is going up, up, up. And you know, my contract's up. WWE would call. How far they would go with it? That's on a, a talent by talent type of thing. Not everybody's going to get it just because you're getting exposure. They're still going to, you know, take it player by player. We'll say. But yeah, why wouldn't you? If you've made yourself more valuable, and even if you're truly not a hundred percent invested, if you, I don't want to be a WWE talent. You would be a complete moron not well, to use WWE against AEW. And no, I mean, for, for leverage, absolutely. I agree with that. Go to the highest bidder. No, no doubt about that. Do you think at some point in time, though, Max would be willing to tone himself down and make a compromise for the sake of money? Or do you think just knowing Max, as we know him, 
um, maybe I can make comparable money, maybe a little less than that, but still be able to stay who I am under Tony, as opposed to maybe having to revamp a bunch of stuff when I go to WWE. That's that's a hard question to answer. I I would think if the money is fairly close, give or take, you know, like 10 points type of thing, I would imagine he would stay in AEW just purely because he has more freedom. Now, with that said, if his goal is to get to WWE, no, would he go and have to tone his attitude and and his promos down a bit to say, hey, I made it to WWE? It's a possibility. I could see it. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But if I were to bet, I would think he would stay in AEW, providing the deal is close. He's not going to stay in AEW for 500K and no, WWE's offer him two, two mil. No, I, I, I agree with that. It would, it would need to be, the financials would need to be damn close. Because he's also got a pretty sweet deal with AEW. He's not on the road 200, 250 days a year. AEW doesn't tour like WWE does. No, they do not. So he gets to go home or do indie shows here, indie shows there, nor autograph signings. He has more control. So that's got to mean something. Uh, Well, sorry, let me rephrase that. I would assume that would mean something. He has more control over his life versus your WWE. I would imagine it just comes out every however long, every couple weeks, every week or month or whatever, this is your schedule. Bye-bye. Versus AEW, it's, hey, you got to be at Wednesday. You got to be in wherever. Friday, you got to be wherever. And Saturday, you got to be wherever or whatever your schedule is. It's not the same. So it's a much lighter schedule, which in theory, should prolong a career. Less well, I want to, I want to get to a quote that John Moxley had made. Plus, there's a lot of things to talk about regarding Moxley as well. I'm going to talk about that too. Um, but before we get to that, I don't want to completely leave the WWE AEW jumping ship thing uh, just quite yet. So, uh, Tony Khan had a media call, and he was basically talking about a lot of different things happening in AEW and. You know, obviously talking about what Warner Brothers Discovery is going to be doing, the media rights, how is that all going to work out? Um, so speaking on a recent media call uh, to promote Wrestle Dream, which I believe is going to be on October 1st, uh, AEW President Tony Khan said he wished nothing but the best for Jade Cargill in the next chapter of her life. He would go on to say this, and I quote, I only have positive things to say about Jade. It's been great having her in AEW. She's always welcome here. She's had a great run with us and has a great career, I'm sure, in front of her as well, wishing her the best in the future. I think a lot of people really like Tony as a person. Take away being a boss. Take away being the disciplinarian. I think people like Tony as a person. I mean, I think we can agree on that. Tony is a likable, like a genuine person, not one of these fake people that will say something to you just to appease you you turn your back and then he's going ha 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 i gotcha i'm gonna 
do this or do that. Would, would you agree that from what we know of Tony Khan, you think he's a fairly genuine individual? Yes, absolutely. You know, that's one thing you don't you hear a lot of bad about him, not being in control and whatnot. But I've yet to hear anybody say he's an ass. He, he seems to be a person who is generally a decent person and does care for the talent. Um, speaking on that same media call, AEW is promoting something called Wrestle Dream, which is going to be a big event happening on Sunday, October 1st in Seattle, Washington from the Climate Pledge Arena. Now, there's already some matches that have already been established for that, um, but it will be a sellout of home establishment is what they're referring to it as. AEW and Johan Promotions will bring AEW's highly anticipated Wrestle Dream pay-per-view to the event to select out-of-home establishments across North America on October the 1st, starting at 7 p.m. The inaugural, which means leads me to believe there's going to be more in the coming years, Wrestle Dream will be in honor of New Japan Pro Wrestling's founder, Antonio Inoki, on the one-year anniversary of his passing. Now, as of right now, the matches are AEW World Tag Team Championship match, FTR, which is Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, are taking on the Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. AEW TNT champion in a two out of three falls, Christian Cage takes on Darby Allen. The AEW TBS championship, Chris Atlander, will defend against Julia Hart. The Ring of Honor World Tag Team champions, better than you, Bay Bay, which is Adam Cole and MJF, take on The Righteous, which is going to be Vincent and Dutch. I love those guys, by the way. Ring of Honor World Championship and New Japan Strong Openweight Champion, Eddie Kingston will take on Katsuri Shibata. In a dream match, Brian Danielson takes on Zack Sabre Jr. Swerve Strickland will take on Hangman Adam Page, Jericho, and now the Golden Elite, uh, which is Kenny Omega uh, and Kota Ibushi versus the Don Palace family. Kanosuke Takeshita, Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay. And finally, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, take on the Guns, Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn. And they also are taking them on against the Lucha Brothers, Ray, Phoenix, and Penta uh, versus Orange Cassidy and Hook. So it'll be a four-way match. There is some more matches that are still yet to be determined as well. But once again, the inaugural Wrestle Dream will be happening. Um, I want to talk about Wrestle Dream for a second here, Butster. So many things that are going on here. Um and we, we still have to talk about some more things that have happened recently in AEW. But the women's division, I mean, I'm not trying to be disparaging against Julia Hart, but are you really excited to see a Julia Hart title match with Chris Statlander? Uh, she's gotten a lot better. She's not there yet, though. She probably shouldn't get in push like she is. I think she needs to develop a little bit. Problem is, AEW... Doesn't develop talent. They don't. Sorry. And I'm not turning into an AEW hater. I'm just, they don't, they just don't. There's very little homegrown talent. It happens, but not definitely not to the extent of what happens in WWE that they develop. So Julia Hart's going to be a slow roll to get to where she's going to be at the top level. She is way better than she was. But she's still a kid. Isn't she like 19 still? Or 20? She, I don't know exactly what her age is, but I know she is She is very young. Yeah, so she's getting a bit of exposure. 
Um, I mean, she's getting fed to Statlander, really. Statlander's going to make her look good. She'll make her look way better than she really is. Statlander's that good. She'll she'll hide some of Julia's flaws. But it's it's going to be a six-minute match. It's going to be fairly quick. And Statlander's going to be your, your winner. Um, Julia's probably not the one you want to have in there. But who else are you going to put in there? Really? Well, the when you think it's kind of floundering. When you when you think about the different people that in the women's division, and in one of our segments, we're going to talk about Serena Deeb and what's going on. Some recent news has recently just come out about her as well. But the women's division itself definitely needs a injection. It needs some fresh blood in there as well. And nothing against the women that are in there right now. But I will say it's kind of slim pickings when you really look at it. I don't see a lot of women on the roster as being without just repeating the same people over and over. Like, no offense to Anna Jay. I don't foresee Anna Jay. And a lot of people say she's improved, and she has. But I don't really see Anna Jay really being a big-time game player. I love Athena, um, but unfortunately, she's Ring of Honor. Um, Diamante, she's Ring of Honor as well. I mean, you got your car, Sheeta. Um, I can't wait till Jamie Hader officially comes back. They sorely miss her. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, you know, we really haven't seen Lila Gray. Um, I'm not a Kira Hogan fan. I know Madison Rain is one of the coaches and the roster, but she really doesn't wrestle at all. Paige Van Zant, I don't know why she's even on the roster page. But you need to do something with Marina Shafir. You really, really do. And I think you also need to do something with Penelope Ford. I think Penelope Ford has been with Kip Sabian for forever. And she's never really gotten her just due. And I think she's good. Um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting because who are you going to put out there? I mean, you've put Taya Valkyrie out there, but then you just had her lose to people. I'm not that a sky. That was foolish. Ty that was foolish. just turned into a jobber. Well, and that's that's a problem. I, I don't agree with that. I'm not a fan of Sky Blue. I feel like she has a lot of work to do. Um, the Bunny is incredibly talented, but she's never really gotten a push, and we don't really see her ever for the most part. We haven't seen the return of Thunder Rosa yet. I think that's kind of – we're going to see how that goes. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just having some real issues with – with the women's division, especially just, it doesn't seem exciting. And there was rumors as well that some people within the women's division believe that there should be like a women's tag team championship. But I think we need to pump the brakes on adding any more championships to AEW right now. I'm not opposed to adding another championship, but you got to have the talent to use to make sure that the championship is relevant. Realistically, AEW's women's division is... Hater, Storm, Nakaru Shida, Britt Baker, Soraya, Ruby Soho, Chris Statlander. Um, Nightingale? I like Willow Nightingale as well. She's, she's really fantastic, good. But you don't see her a lot. You don't see her a lot. Um, I mean, and you have rattled off a, a, a decent amount of names here. It's just, it's one of those things where I feel like, I don't know. I just, I'm not excited about that division. 
and it's a shame because I want to be excited about the women's matches just as much as I am the guys. I want a badass, kick-ass champion. Soraya is a baby face. Trust me, she's not that great of a heel. She's more of a baby face. Mm-hmm. It feels very forced for her to be a heel. Um, I still think Marina Shafir could be an absolute badass if they put the belt on her. And I think then she could jump ship and be part of the Blackpool Combat Club, which could be their own big faction. Uh, she could be the female version in that. But it seems like every time I say that on social media, it just falls on deaf ears. Um Nyla Rose, unfortunately, she's not going to be the future. She's not. She's not even in the present. I don't know what you do. I mean, does a, a Mercedes Monet come in, or do you think at the end of the day, <laughs> as WWE gets hotter, she's eventually going to hold out to wait to come back? She would be a fool to come to AEW's, AEW's women's division. Just it makes no sense for her to come in. She's coming in purely for the money. The division is not strong. The division is not entertaining. And Sasha Banks is great. Don't get me wrong. But her coming in will will give it a a pop short term. Pure hot shot booking for a little bit. They'll be relevant again. And then they won't. It's a very, very short term answer. If you bring somebody like her in. You're not signing her to a one-year deal or three-year deal or nothing like that. It's a per-appearance basis. She's She's got nothing to gain there. Is she just waiting to go back to WWE? Probably. Okay, so here's my next question for you. When you talk about the WWE women's roster, do you feel like that is a big deal? Like a great division? Or do you think that... They're kind of in the same situation that AEW is in. No, they're in better shape than AEW. Okay, so right now you have uh, EO Sky, who is the women's champion. And then you have the women's world champion, which I guess is on Raw, and that's Rhea Ripley. So those are your two champions. And then you have Chelsea Green and Piper Nevin, who are the women's tag team champions. All right, EO Sky. Let's first start off with her. What's your thoughts on EO Sky? She's excellent. She's very good. What's your thoughts on? Well, obviously, Rhea Ripley is a well, is superstar. She's, she's money. She's money. Do we still think Becky Lynch is uh, what we th- what she once was, or do you think maybe not so much? Uh, she's cooled off. She's still very good. Still very relevant, but she has cooled off from when she was the man. Yeah. Um, there are some people in NXT that I think we should be keeping an eye on as well. There, there's no doubt about that. But when you look at WWE women's division, you, I just feel like you have more depth. You really do. You just have more depth. And I, I feel like that's one thing AEW, when I say depth, I mean quality depth, right? Where if you put these two women together, you're going to get a great match because both are equally great. I think that Piper Nevin, even as a singles wrestler, is great. Chelsea Green is great. Um, even if they weren't tag champions, they would work out really well. Becky Lynch is great. Let's not forget about Charlotte Flair either. She's really good. So I think any of these women, now you added Jade in there, which is just fresh blood. I think AEW's women's division at one point 
was looking great now. Maybe not so much. Butster, what does AEW have to do to get their women's division, in your opinion, back on track? I don't know. I was literally going to ask you that exact same question. I, I, think, I honestly don't know. Well, the first thing, if if I had to make a guess, if I had to throw something out there, I think they they need to be more of an emphasis on them and their stories. I think that's the first thing. The problem I'm having with AEW is, and, and the funny thing about AEW, when, when people talk about, well, Tony Khan's all about long-term booking and, and long-term storytelling. Yeah, in some ways he is, but in other ways, I feel like it doesn't really exist. I think you have some people on the roster that could do great things. Unfortunately, I just don't feel like they've got that it factor. Does that make sense? Like when they walk out, there isn't a presence to them. There isn't this aura about them whether it is the way they're being displayed, whether it is their in-ring ability. Like, I just don't feel like, like Serena Deeb, for example, the professor, love her. She is the female Bret Hart. She's amazing. She's great at being a heel. I absolutely loved watching her. Um, love Jamie Hayter as well. I love heelish characters. But I mean, okay, you got Harley Quinn. Okay, she's she's part of that QTV stuff, but I mean, Emmy Sakura, Emmy Sakura from Japan, not really so much. We haven't seen a whole lot from Rio, but I don't believe Rio is really somebody that you look at and go, "Oh wow," you know, she's the former champion. Yeah, I I just never got that feeling from her. Um, what do you do? God, you're you're gonna have to really look at what kind of matches you're putting on and start to give people bigger pushes and bigger stories. Ty of Valkyrie definitely deserves to have a bigger story. There's no doubt about that. Um, they need to find a way. When is Thunder Rosa coming back? I mean, and originally we believe that, you know, she may not be the best locker room person. Well, at this point in time, it's it's next man up. We need someone strong that can come in here and make an impact. Um, I love Tony Storm when she was, you know, her original character. Now it just feels like it's ho hum. There's no spark. There's no energy. So, but none of them have it. And I don't know. I think one of them on the I, roster right now that makes you go, wow. I like, I think Willow is really good. Willow can go. As I, I said agree. before, I I love Ruby Soho. Why she hasn't had a chance to be champion is beyond my understanding. Ruby's put on some phenomenal matches. Why are we not seeing Lila Gray? I loved seeing Lila Gray. So we don't see her. Lila Hirsch. Uh, well, Layla Hirsch is signed to Ring of Honor, so I don't really think they're going to do. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't you see every time I say, well, that person's with Ring of Honor, so we're not going to see crossover. Well, then I completely contradict myself because you have Samoa Joe from Ring of Honor appearing on AEW TV. Then you have the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions that are on AEW TV and Eddie Kingston, previously Claudio Castagnoli, who was the Ring of Honor World Champion on AEW television. So it was like you can't really say they don't do any crossover because they definitely do. Um I don't know who's going to be that breakout person. Who's going to be that person that stands out from the rest of the pack. 
I think right now what you need to do is you need you need Athena to be AEW, not Ring of Honor. You need that. What happened to Britt? Where did that go wrong? You mean as far as Britt just kind of being cooled off? or Yeah, because Britt Baker was a big deal. Great she absolutely was. Great promos. She was everything you wanted. Now she's almost irrelevant. What happened? Did people get tired of her? Did AEW get tired of her? Did she mail it in? Where did that go wrong? Because it's hard for me to wrap my simple, simple mind around she was the cat's meow, she was the face of the women's division, and then she went to nothing. What happened? Could you got lost in the shuffle once Tony Storm and Ruby Soho and Surya came over and did the invasion outsider's angle and she just kind of got lost in the shuffle. What ha- like where did it go? So I, th- I think the downfall happened when, when Jamie Hader went down. I think when Jamie Hader went down, because remember Jamie Hader and Britt Baker were teaming together, right? Yep. They were they were baby faces. And the reason Tony Khan even said this, you know, the reason why we didn't turn, we didn't have a Jamie Hader versus Britt Baker program was because at one point we brought in Soraya and then we teamed them up to be the outcasts. So we needed them to have a counterpart to being the bad guys. So we put them together and Jamie goes down. So now you don't have anybody for Britt. Um, and I'm sorry, but the Soraya thing, she's not a world champion. Like, I think she could be a great part of a faction, but not the AEW world champion. I, I just don't see it. Not at this stage right now. So yeah, Brit, Brit kind of got lost. Once Jamie went down, it was like, what do we do with Brit? But couldn't you argue the same thing with Charlotte Flair? It was all about Charlotte Flair. Oh, she won the championship again. She won it again. She won the Rumble. I mean, Charlotte Flair right now is not even in the mix. No, but in two weeks' time, she could be the champion. She could be, but then couldn't you also say, gosh, you know what? Who cares? It's the same old wash, rinse, and repeat when it comes to Charlotte. Yeah, it is. I mean, and some people have said that. Oh, great. Charlotte's going to be the champion again. That's so predictable. I've said that. You've said that, but it's, it's true. It's like, you know, what would you rather have no Charlotte or too much Charlotte? Like there isn't a real good, happy medium with her. It's either she's your champ or she's not involved at all. But that's, but has she done anything? Not being the woman or the man, whatever you want to refer to. No, no, not really. No, she's, She's either one way or the other way, and that's and there's no in-between. And I feel like that's kind of a problem because that's what happens with Britt Baker. Britt's either on top or nothing. There's no, you know, okay, well, you know, the booking's going to slide down. It's time for someone else to step up, but we're still going to keep you in that three or four slot. It's not happening. I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know if you got to take the belt, first of all, Officer Rea. I don't know what merchandise sales look like, but the outcast whole situation is not working. You know, the Tony Storm thing is is ridiculous, in my opinion. It was a bad character move. Um, a lot of people say it's entertaining that she's this vaudeville 1920s type of throwback. I don't think so. It doesn't work because AEW is not 
AEW is basically just people having matches and fighting, right? Like that that's what they're known for. It's not super gimmicky. Um I say that and then we have a fucking dinosaur. But the point the point I'm trying to make here is that it's it's usually people just fighting, right? It's not any of this other stuff, any supernatural type of stuff or any type of goofy character. It's just normally one person challenging another person. But um, I think what's going to help your division is if you have Athena come over to AEW and cut a scathing promo and basically put the locker room on notice. Okay, so if you do that, say yes. say you go that route. Athena comes in. So now you've basically buried Ring of Honor's women's division. So have well, you really whole, helped anything? Well, the whole Ring of Honor thing is just to be a developmental. Yeah, then you I, can't just have, okay, we have, realistically, we have one really, really good wrestler here in the women's division. Let's take her. And watch everybody else just drown. That won't fly either. Well, let's take a look at the Ring of Honor roster, shall we? We shall. Let's look at the Ring of Honor roster because I'm very curious to know who else is floating over in Ring of Honor. All right, let's see. Okay. Wow. Not. Wow. You have in the Ring of Honor women's, you have Athena and you have Mercedes Martinez. Okay, keep going. No, no, that's, that's, I mean, I, I'm assuming you have like at tapings like a Lila Gray or some other people. I'm not seeing on the Ring of Honor website for roster any more than two women. Okay, so we take Athena. You, you get where I'm going See, with this? No, I get it, but I don't even know if Ring of Honor even had a women's division, you know, in the old school Ring of Honor. But that that's irrelevant. The old school right. Ring of Honor. But don't talk would, about what's happening now. Right, but wouldn't you agree you're wasting Athena over as a Ring of Honor champion when you probably could be promoting her on national television? Every Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday? You, you probably could, but once again, if you bring her to AEW, you're just destroying uh, the Ring of Honor women's division altogether. But what are you ruining if many people aren't watching it? Many people aren't watching Ring of Honor. I mean, let's be honest here. First of all, it's no. a paid subscription, but I mean, somebody that freaking good... And if I have a slot that I need to use somebody with star power on Wednesday nights and on Friday nights and Saturday nights, it's hard to say. I mean, we have her. Why aren't we using her in a more predominant role? I would say I would say move Athena over to be 100% AEW. And at that point in time, let her run amok. You could even have, because she's a badass, maybe... Her teaming up with um, Marina Shafir. Bit on this Marina Shafir thing. Like, I really I feel like, God damn, why are they not using this girl? Um, but 
That's my thoughts. I don't know. I would say I would say that would be my move to make things a little bit more interesting in AEW. Move over Athena permanently to being an AEW because you could do Athena and then you could do some Britt Baker stuff. I think that would be interesting. Athena, you could do some Athena Jamie Hader stuff. Athena Hakaru Shida. Athena Diamante. There's a lot of other people that you could have matches with. Um, that would be really interesting. Athena Statlander, right? So who do you send the other way? I don't. Okay, you could. You, who could you send? Let's see. You could send Kira Hogan if you would choose to. You could send Julia Hart. You could send Emmy Sakura. You could send Harley Cameron. I would not mind that. You could send Abaddon because she hasn't done shit. Um, you uh, Ty Mello is out right now because she's pregnant. Um, you need to do something different with the bunny. Stop calling her the bunny. Give her a fresh new start. A fresh new start because she can fucking wrestle. And if anybody's ever watched her as Allie, knows she can go. But yeah, put uh, send over. Um, oh my god, I can't even pronounce her name. Yuka Sakakaxi Sakazaki. Yuka Saksawa. Yeah, exactly. Send her over to Ring of Honor. Who's that? Keep keep Willow Nightingale. Willow Nightingale would be fantastic as a champion. Why why not? Up Willow in AEW. Too good to be going to Ring of Honor. She What's should that? be getting pushed in AEW more. She shouldn't be getting sent to Ring of Honor. That's that's almost a a demotion for her. Even if she goes to her to be the champion, it's not no. She should be more more relevant in the AEW programming. Which one? Nightingale. I agree. I'm not saying send Nightingale over to Ring of Honor. Oh, no. Sorry, I misunderstood. I apologize. No, 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 no. I don't say send her over. She's way too freaking good. No way. The problem is the women's programming doesn't get any attention. Because unfortunately, we we get the same 10, 12, maybe 14 wrestlers every week on AEW. Well, on Dynamite, anyhow. The other two I can't get. It's it's the same talent. It's, It's not like they really mix anybody else in. There's just not enough time for the women's division. Well, there's some things that would just bother me, and I think AEW, and I honestly mean this, you know, the whole CM Punk concept about, you know, people not having enough time. I think what you could do is I do still think you should have a soft brand split. I think you should have certain people who work on Dynamite, certain people who work on um, Collision, and then I think you have people who work on Rampage. I really honestly believe that. And you you have them as three separate entities that are running. And of course, every once in a while, I have a crossover. But You muted yourself, Mike. Did you unplug me again? Yes, from how many thousand miles away? Mm-hmm. Where was I before I my, got my cut off? Go go gadget arms. Uh-huh. Oh, no oh. one's gonna get that reference anymore. I will, but hey. Inspector Gadget was great. Dr. Claw. Remember that? Yep. Who was the cat? The cat didn't have a name. Cat had a name. Did it? 
cat had a fucking name. I was about to say Osriel, but that doesn't make any sense. Osriel was the cat for Gargamel. Let's see. I'm going to see if I can find it before you. Inspector Gadget cast. Uh, let's see. Mad M A D. The cat? No. I don't know. Doctor Claw. Doctor Claw. I must mention what his cat's name was. Penny, that was that was Gadget's daughter, brained a dog. Yes. Chief Quimby. Yes. I think it was mad. Hmm. Was it Snickert? No. Dr. Claw. Uh, let's see. A fat pet cat who schemes with him. He is named after M.A.D., the organization run by his owner, and his species of cat, M.A.D., is another way to reinforce the emotions of the owner, Dr. Claw. When Claw is pleased, he snickers or laughs along with him. Try to pull up a clip of that. Maybe we can talk more. Boy, do we get off track. Jesus. Didn't take long. No, it sure shit didn't. As usual. So I, I think, and here's why. I think you, okay, so here's how we solve the first problem. You bring Athena over. That's my first piece of, uh, my first piece. Bring Athena over. Bringing Athena over is definitely going to give you brand new blood injected. First thing. First thing. Here's something else. You talked about that, and you made a really good point that you you say they don't develop talent. Why have we not seen more of Action Andretti? I thought he was really interesting. Um, before, why have we not done anything with um, Angelo Carson? Uh, Griff Garrett. Oh, jeez. You need to get off this Griff Garrison thing. I'm not. He's good. Where is it? What are you going to use Griff Garrison for? Well, that's the problem. They don't know how to use them. Okay, before we start using Griff, Griff Garrison to AEW is the same level of greatness that Otis is to WWE. No, Otis is way more important. You, you, you know that. Griff Garrison, no way. He looks like he's in 12th grade. He's got hair that looks like it's been bleached and permed from 1987 if he's going to homecoming. Don't give me that. All right. Griff Garrison's good. Okay, Daniel Garcia's good. Mm-hmm. He's a homegrown guy. Darby Allen's good. He's a homegrown guy. Yeah, um, no, they have developed some, but they do not do a great job. They developed Jack Perry. They developed Hook. Okay, that's two. Good job. Uh, they have Johnny Johnny Hungy. They didn't develop Johnny Hungy. Where was John Silver prior to coming to AEW? Who's on the Indies? Michael. They were all on the indies, except for the guys that came from WWE. Now, I will say this. Um, somebody who I'm just, I don't know, I'm befuddled. What happened with Keith Lee? He hasn't done anything since. He hasn't done anything in five years. Well, I mean, he did win the tag team titles with Swerve Strickland before they unceremoniously broke them up 
and then never finished the storyline. But he fell off before AEW. Do you think he was on a downslope when he was the big cat on Raw? Yep. He was already starting to go down. Keith Lee was very good. But I don't know. You, you hear rumors. They're rumors that he might not have the greatest attitude sometimes. I've heard that rumor. Sure. He doesn't have the greatest work ethic sometimes. I don't know. It's just he's got God-given natural talent, and he rides on that. That only gets you so far. At a certain point, everything else catches up to you. There was also, they were saying that he contact contracted COVID, and that was affecting him. Now, is it a matter does he is he suffering from long COVID? Has he recovered from that? Who knows? But even towards the end in WWE, he was not anything. He was just tailing off. Keith Lee in NXT was a machine. He was excellent. Big dude, moved well, great wrestler. Went to WWE, to the main roster, I mean. Never quite got back to the NXT level. Then why don't you just leave him in NXT then? Who knows? But then he went to AEW, and he's never really got back to the NXT level either. No, but I think a lot of it is his programming as well. I think they could program Keith Lee a lot better. I think he should be in the world title picture more often. I think he could have great matches with Hangman Adam Page. I think he could have great matches uh, with Kanosuke Takeshita. I think he could have great matches um, with Bandito. I am happy to see that Big Bill is at least starting to be used, even though that name is absolutely ridiculous. I am glad they're seeing they're using him a little bit more. He, he looks great. He looks fantastic. He looks fantastic. And I, I don't understand what AEW's issue is with big men. Like, they don't really have a whole lot of guys that they push who are big dudes. They just well, don't. They only have five. Uh, really? Well, I mean, think about it. As far as big men, they got Brody King, who's a big dude. Okay, so it'd be six, including him. Um, Yeah, five or six, I would say. Brody King. Wardlow, that's another clusterfuck. Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Lance Hobbs. Archer, who, oh, what the hell happened there? Keith Lee. Who's the other guy I had in my head that I can't think of now? Yeah, there's another one. I just can't think of him. But there's literally like six quote-unquote Big man. Nothing really. Brian, would you consider Brian Cage a big man? I guess so, yeah. Powerful dude. I mean, he's built like a brick shithouse. I'm trying to look. Oh, yeah, Wardlow is still on AEW's uh, roster. This is so stupid why he's not around. Oh, yeah, my uh, God. Nope, not again this week, Mike. Because we both go on a tangent. God. So it pisses me off. He just needs to ask for his, his release or write out his contract. And but what's wrong? I, I just don't get what's wrong with him. All right. So let me ask you this. Do you think there should be a soft brand split? Do you think there should be certain people that are pushed on one show, certain people that are pushed on another show? 
Soft brand split? No. A brand split? Like a hard line brand split? Yep. I'll take okay. That. Okay. I can respect that. So guys like Powerhouse Hobbs can definitely get seen more often, right? Yep. I haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of him, and that bothers me. Um, I I love Pack, but I know Pack's probably been dealing with some injuries. Oh, speaking of a, a situation that is is going to be a great storyline, and I think it potentially could be one of the best stories that AEW tells at the end of 2023 going to 2024. Santana and Ortiz. Have you seen little teasers of this? Is it legit? Because from what you read, they hate each other. Well, okay. So Conan basically said on his show that they did not see eye to eye for a long time. Santana was upset because he didn't believe he and Ortiz were getting pushed. They wanted to be tag champions. Wasn't happening. Santana then gets injured at blood and guts, ends up tearing his ACL, MCL, whatever. He was out for a year and a half. I guess Ortiz says, look, man, we're getting taken care of. Why don't we just ride this thing out? Santana said, no, we should want more. But now Santana's back, and does he look amazing? He's put in the work. Dude looks freaking amazing. I would love to see him tear through people. That would be so much fun. Do you uh, want to see them break up, though? Well, I think it's it's a foregone conclusion that... They're a great tag team, though. They are great, they're but I mean... They're so good together. But you could not, get a lot of traction out of that feud. Oh. It, I think it would... They'd be laying it in a bit. Because there, there is, from what you read, there's legit beef there. Right. If they, they're not buddies... But apparently they had issues before. Before this going Most on. Most recent issue? Now, once again, this is reading from the dirt sheet, so take it with a grain of salt. But they, they've had issues in the past. They're just together. They're that good, and they are that good. But if you put them in a feud, you can have some pretty solid, vicious matches. They'll beat the tar out of one another, I think. I was also thinking about uh, Josh Woods. Um, you know, I know he was recently teaming up with, uh, was it Tony Nice? Yes. They were... Okay, first of all, Josh Woods is a badass. They should have him in the Blackpool Combat Club. They should be teasing a new member of the club and then bring him in because he's legitimately a badass and he's got a look. One of the nicest he... guys you ever meet, though. Oh, no, I agree with you. He did the show. He could have been a nicer guy. I agree. I think you need to do something with him. I think that would be money to bring him in and do something with him when the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of this fantasy booking and stuff like that. But, I mean, they've got talent. I, it, I just feel like you're right. A lot of people end up just falling by the wayside and not really getting used. And then some people get used and you question like, why in the hell would Christian Cage be used right now outside of a mouthpiece? You are wasting a TNT championship on a 50-year-old man. He's not my biggest issue with somebody getting pushed. I don't think should be getting pushed like they are. Well, who's getting pushed right now who you think should not be getting pushed? Jericho. I'm in favor of that as well. I want to love Chris Jericho. You know that. Why? His matches aren't what they used to be. Correct. 
but that's not a slight at him. He's getting old. It's just the way time. it is. Yeah. You know, a lot of miles on that body, a lot of bumps. You know, so yeah, he's he still puts off good matches. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a bum. But why are you still pushing him like they are? When you can have your younger talent. Well, if you want to use the Jericho rub every once in a while, have him feud with uh, Josh Woods, just for example, we were just talking about him, to get him a Jericho rub, that's one thing. But I don't think he should be featured as prevalent as he is. He seems to be a lot. The Christian, I can deal with that. Uh, it's, it might not be the greatest. I can deal with that. He's still putting out really, really good matches. Uh, he's fantastic on the mic. He's not a long-term answer, though. It's, no, it's gone, no, it's gone longer than I thought, realistically. So what was it? What I wonder why Tony was opposed to leaving it on Wardlow or giving it to Powerhouse Hobbs or giving it to Miro or whatever. I mean, to to some younger guy who can start to garner some type of a reputation and a following and you know somebody who's going to be here for you know the next 10 years plus if that i don't know i just i'm always looking to the future I, you can't look backwards buddy when you um, figure that out send me a text or give me a call i definitely will because we're going to make a bunch of money on the internet if we figure that out <laughs> I don't think we're too I, I think we're pretty with it guys When it comes to this kind of thing Yeah but to figure out Why Tony Khan Isn't pushing Wardlow or Powerhouse Hobbs that You you can't give me Nobody can give me a good reason No I don't have it either I don't have it either. Um, let's talk about somebody who genuinely has such a groundswell of support. And he's never changed who he is. He's always been the same guy, and that's Eddie Kingston. Um, recently on ad-free shows, Ring of Honor World Champion Eddie Kingston discussed the possibility of being involved in now in the creative process behind the scenes moving forward in his career. Uh, Eddie Kingston on the fact that he's getting a little sick of wrestlers complaining backstage about drama. He said this, cool. You know everything now, meaning fans. I believe people are done with it. Please. We don't want to hear all this Twitter BS and moaning from people on what's going on backstage. Please. We don't need to know how much my opponent in the ring is making this, that, and whatever. Um, I mean, I agree with him on that. He would then go on to say on why he thinks the wrestling business is moving backwards. He says, I think that's the business. It's going backwards in a lot of senses. Fans know everything already today. They know too much. They know all the magic. Now, all of a sudden, they think they're bookers. It's all been exposed. You know what I mean? It's been that way for years now. Um, but when it comes to this, he beat Claudio Castagnoli at what was a huge show. And I thought it was a great show, which was Arthur Ashe Stadium. I thought it was a great show top to bottom. Now, the women's match, we're not going to talk about. But I thought overall the match, the show was really good. And I really think Eddie Kingston has a groundswell of support. I really do. Do you think... Do you think Eddie Kingston is somebody... And, and he's older. I mean, let's be honest. He's in his early 40s as well. Is he somebody you could start throwing around in the world title picture? Or do you think Eddie has his own niche and he should just kind of stay right there? Uh, Eddie stays where he is. Uh, I, I love Eddie. 
You know that? He's, he's the guy you get behind. Uh, look, we were chatting, texting. He's the the everyman. I think that was the word he used when we were talking about it. And he is. You know, he, he's, he's had some issues in the past. He's battled some mental health things. He's been very open about it. It's not like it's a secret. He's, he's a guy you can get behind. You know, he's not cut out of granite. He's not the six-pack, you know, guy that's spending day in, day night, day in, day out in the gym. You know, Eddie looks like a guy who had uh, a chicken perm sub for supper and drank it down with two beer. And, you know, he, he looks like your buddy. He looks like a guy you'll go for beer with Friday night or, or, you know, whatever it would be. That's a lot of Eddie's appeal. And when Eddie talks, Eddie means it. And when he's, if he's shooting a promo, he's shooting. It's not bullshit. If he's telling you how he feels about something, that's legitimately how he feels about it. You, you, you get it in the, in the feelings. If there's a video kicking around of him doing a promo on a oatmeal cookie or a chocolate chip cookie or something. You know what I'm I don't gonna know try if to, you've it, ever it, seen that. You no, know, no, I have. I, I keep talking. I'm going to pull that but promo it's, up. It's something. I mean, he's shooting a promo on a on a goddamn cookie. Yes, he is. And you're 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 just drawn in. He is today's version of almost Jake the Snake. He just draws you in when he talks. More animated, much more animated than Jake. Jake had that real callous, slow drawl to him versus Eddie's more animated and a little rowdier that way, but they have that same drawing power there, the two of them. But I think if you push Eddie as your heavyweight champion, it'll almost take away from him because he'll become... Almost mainstream corporate. corporate. I don't yeah. know what you, you know. He, no, he, he's the guy. He's your underground king. He's that guy type of thing. He's, he's a not underground guy. anymore. Yeah, people know who he is now, but he's still not your corporate stooge. We'll say. I don't want to see him as the heavyweight champion. Not that he doesn't deserve it. No, don't don't get what I'm saying. I'll ask backwards. Just I don't want to see him turned into. The corporate guy. I like him. The guy he is. All right. I pulled this up here and I want you guys to hear this, but so you're going to have to help me and make sure you can hear this. Uh, this is Eddie Kingston cutting a promo on a cookie. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Promo Class Wednesday. Uh, Eddie, you're up and you're going to cut a promo on the struggle to cookie. So I get a countdown? kills me inside that you are so tasty, so delicious, and so sugary, and, and, and just everything I want. But in this great sport of pro wrestling that paid me to be able to buy you, I have to look better in the ring so I can buy more cookies so you won't be alone. And then when the time is right, it'll be me and you. But only when the time's right. 
Okay, so that was Eddie Kingston cutting a promo on a chocolate chip cookie. Um, we also have, I guess this is during, I don't know where this was at. Maybe this is during the pandemic. He cuts a promo on uh, Sour Patch Kids. So let me cue that up as well. and I get upstaged by Sarah Pat's kids. I come into the locker room, I expect, you know, the green horns and some of the females to get their asses up and shake my hand low. But no, I get distracted by this. And then you wonder why the competition's laughing at us. We're winning the ratings now. What happens if we keep even this and disrespect the veterans like myself, like Arn, like Tully, even the great Chris Jericho? We won't be on top for long. No more games to be played. That's a shot at somebody. So uh, that was that was him cutting a promo on. Uh... On Sour Patch Kids. Um, but that's the thing that he... Like, wrap your head around that for a minute, Mike. Oh, I know. He's He cut two promos, one on a cookie and one on candies. Yes. If you can do that, you might have a bit of talent. You yeah, think? there's... He's, he's very, very creative, and I think that... You know, you really can't take anything away from Eddie Kingston, and I'm, and I'm very proud to see that he's... He finished his story... He really, really did. Um, so anyway, enough of that for right now. We're going to put this kind of on a break right now. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk a little WWE. So evidently, WWE signed a short-term deal with Hulu um, on their contract extension. So those of you who may or may not know, WWE signed a short-term extension with Hulu to keep their content on their library in their streaming service for another two weeks. Now, this is according to PW Insider. The contract for most of WWE's content on Hulu was about to expire, causing the removal of all content. However, WWE and Hulu agreed to a short-term contract extension, which will expire in roughly 7 to 14 days. And it appears that both parties are working out details right now to try to have a longer-term deal finalized as well. Now, Right now, as we stand, uh, SmackDown and Raw are going to be returning to the USA Network. They're going to be both on there. And Fox basically is only going to be carrying WWE until a year from next month. I guess the end of October. So not a little over a year. Do you think, and, and Tony Khan was talking about this as well, do you think that it would be something Fox would be interested in when it came to AEW programming because he talked about it on his conference call. But I want to know what your thoughts are on this. Do you think that they could fill that slot that WWE leaves behind? It could. It's a slot that's been used for wrestling in the past. Uh, They're going to have to tone stuff down. Like Mox is bleeding. Gonna have to stop. I, I would assume. Uh MJF, some of the stuff he says, definitely gonna have to stop. 
So you're going to get a bit of a watered-down version based on what we have had before with WWE on Fox. Now, with that said, maybe Fox would allow... Fox has got some pretty racy shows. Is racy the right word? I don't know. I they have some... I don't know if I'm using the right terminology here, but they have stuff that's, you know, a little edgy, maybe. Is that a little okay. better? Yeah, a little better so with edgy. Maybe they would let it fly to a certain extent. I mean, we're not going to get the sparkler death match or nothing like that on on um, Fox. They wouldn't let that happen. Well, actually, they'd probably let that happen. But no, you're not going to get the Nick Gage, Chris Jericho... Pizza cutter leading into a Pizza Hut commercial on Fox. Well, that was just fly. that was just a bad timing, right that there. That was perfect. No, that was perfect timing. That you couldn't get better than that. No, but the stuff like that that wouldn't happen on Fox. I I don't think anyhow. Maybe it would, but I strongly doubt it. Because Fox is a bigger deal than like TBS. Is is it is it not? I assume now. Well, Fox is is not cable, so it's network. So it's it's going to be seen in a lot more places. It's it's going to have a higher exposure rate now. TBS and TNT are on most cable packages now. Granted, in these states here, a lot of people are getting away from cable, so it's normally like on a tiered streaming service. You can still get it. But Fox, I mean, it's it's over the airwaves, so it's it's going to be garnering a lot of people, and I think with a wider audience that could help AEW. But I think AEW really has to work on expanding themselves first before they think about necessarily a network expanding them. And I think that's one of their their big issues right now is they're not they're not growing. They've never grown. It's between we said this last week, the week before, and the last. 90 weeks, whatever the hell I've been back. They're not grown. They have not grown. They're 800,000 to 950,000. Scattered weeks are a little bit higher. Scattered weeks are a little bit lower. But that's generally where they are. They have that loyal fan base, which is fantastic. But you need growth. Every business needs growth. Regardless of what, I don't care what it is. You need it. And if you don't, well, you, you die. Because you cannot get yourself to the next level. There's just, there's just no way. If you're not drawing more people in, watching your show, so you're not getting your TV revenues, your advertising revenues, you're not, damn well sure not getting nobody at the gate. I think they had like four people at the last show. Yeah, I... I, I think these are the, all massive issues that need to be sorted out. So they are you start getting her, hey, let's go to Fox or let's try to make ourselves a bigger deal there. Sort out your current issues you have. I agree. AEW, and I love AEW. I don't want to come off as a bitter guy that's beating up on them and being a prick about it. AEW's got a lot of issues, like a shit ton of them. They need to get them sorted out. You got your backstage issues. 
you got your creative issues, and you got your fact that you're not growing. Yeah. At all. And, you, and you your attendance is, is anybody is low. at your damn events. I know. And, and, unless it's a big, big thing. Like, but even Arthur Ashe, I mean, they had 11,000 fans there. The prior year, I think they had 13 or 14. And the first year they did Arthur Ashe, they had over 20. And it's like you're slowly declining. And even though you only do Arthur Ashe, Arthur, Arthur Ashe once a year, easy for me to say, you would think that you would still maintain a certain number because it's a once a year show. And they haven't. That's why I think that you're right. They need to do something different. Later on in the show, I'm going to get to what I think Tony Khan may be hinting about as far as a change. Um, I also want to talk about a couple things here again with, with WWE here. I don't know if you get a chance to catch Raw. Did you get to catch Raw this past week? No, unfortunately I didn't. Um, the Undisputed Tag Team Championships on the line. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have put the opportunities of the Undisputed Tag Team titles against Finn Balor and Damian Priest, uh, which was interesting. Um, Owens and Zayn lost the title of the Judgment Day members back on payback earlier this month in what they call a Steel City cage fight. For the first time successfully retaining against Sami Zayn on July 24th, Dominic Mysterio will defend his NXT North American Championship against Dragon Lee. I will say this right now. Dragon Lee is a big deal. Uh, many people within wrestling think Dragon Lee could be um, the next Rey Mysterio, or he could be ultimately going down as one of the best luchadors. Um, he actually uh, ended up having a great match back in July uh, with Butch, uh, which was on SmackDown. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes has a few things on his mind as well when it comes to Monday Night Raw. Um, Jey Uso, member of the Raw roster. How do we feel about Jey Uso switching over to Monday Night Raw? Let me ask you this. I'm going to pause for a second here. Do you think with the bloodline, their whole goal was, let's put a bunch of these guys together that have potential, let's get some eyes on them, and then let's break them apart so I have a bunch of single stars instead of one faction of guys it's an interesting take on it uh hadn't put i haven't thought of it that way makes sense though i could see it it's kind of what we're seeing now well and the reason i bring this up is because you obviously roman reigns head of the table right he's going to be the one who's going to be having the championship and i i do not foresee him losing the championship in the in the foreseeable future this kind of takes us to what happens at WrestleMania, which we'll have to talk about as well. But when you look at the the bloodline, I mean, you got Jey Uso, who I think is really good. Um, I think his brother is good as well, Jimmy Uso. I think they would be just as great as singles as they are tag team. Sometimes tag teams, once you break them apart, you end up seeing why they were a tag team perfect example when Jim Nyhard became a singles guy when he broke up uh, they broke up the Heart Foundation with Brett when Brett wanted to go on his singles run and, and Brett even admitted he said I, I kind of had to chaperone Jim you know he, he liked to party he liked to do different things here I am I got commitments and obligations and I just I gotta have a new start but I think Jimmy and Jay and I think a lot of tag teams nowadays can be individuals just as strong as they were tag teams because I just feel like the dynamics of tag teams now gather, but you're really not missing anything. If you end up taking them apart. Um, 
And when I say tag teams, I mean like real legitimate tag teams. I'm not talking about two guys you throw together like KO and, and, and Sammy. That's not really, quote unquote, a tag team, right? They're just two successful singles guys coming together. I'm talking about an organic tag team uh, like Dax and Cash. I think you could absolutely break those guys apart. Obviously, you're not going to, but I think Cash and Dax would both be great singles wrestlers, in my opinion. Um, I think you could do the same thing with Johnny Hungy and Alex Reynolds. And in fact, I think that should have been done a long time ago. I think Alex Reynolds should have had a bigger push instead of being a, a tag team guy. But Jimmy and Jay are a big deal. I do ultimately believe that um, we're going to see a lot of new, maybe not new names, but names that we're familiar with really getting singles pushes. And gosh, why is his name uh, slipping my mind? The big guy in the bloodline. Solo Sokoa. I think he's going to get a breakout move as well. I really, really do. I think the goal of the bloodline was not only to draw eyeballs, but to draw eyeballs on Jimmy and Jay and Solo because Roman and Paul Heyman don't need it. I think those. I think they're basically going to have three big superstars on their hands for many years to come with those three guys because I think they positioned them well. They're over with the audience. They're going to be off to the races. They really are. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura and Seth Rollins obviously will be having a match for the World Heavyweight Championship at Payback. Shinsuke Nakamura seems to be getting back on track recently. Shinsuke was a guy who he made a real big impression in NXT, and then when he got to the main roster, it was still he was still fairly hot. But then I feel like he kind of fizzled out, or he got lost in the shuffle. But I feel like now they're going to try to. Let's go ahead and throw a new fresh coat of paint on him, right? Let's kick the tires again and let's see what we can get out of him. And who better to have a, a great match with than than Seth Rollins? I mean, would you say that Seth Rollins right now has to be in the top five guys right now that you really could put anyone in the ring with and he's going to make them look good? Absolutely. Seth Rollins is amazing. Love him. Great talent in the ring. Great on the mic. If somebody can't have a good match with him, there's an issue. There's a major issue. Bastion Booger could come out of retirement and have a good match with Seth Rollins. He died. Oh, then they probably can't have a good match anymore. <laughs> that, that won't work well. You're right. No, I, I get your point, though. You're right. He's that good. So, no, Seth Rollins is fantastic. Nakamura, to me... Once again, you know this. I don't get it. I don't care for him. I'm not. He does not entertain me. He's very awkward to me. I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. And I don't like watching him wrestle. Which one again? Nakamura. Yeah, Nakamura is, is I would say, he's an acquired taste. Um, He is very unorthodox the way he wrestles. He was super big over in Japan, which obviously it makes sense. Um, really big in the NXT world, but no, it, it didn't really convey or convert over well into WWE as far as the main roster and his staying power with being relevant consistently. Um, 
and I can see where there would be some detractors that could see the things that you see in him. Yeah. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Brandon, my buddy Brandon. He's been on the show with us. He thinks he's great. Right. So it's it's all it's all relevant. Everybody's got their opinions on you think Kenny Omega is great. The rest of the world thinks he's terrible. But hey, that's okay. You can you know, I see that look in your eyes. But no, I mean once again I'm I'm just being a smart ass, but that's oh, that's part of it. We all have wrestlers that you no know, one thinks is great and other ones don't get it. So I'm not taking nothing away from Nakamura. It's just for me, for my taste of wrestling, just doesn't do it for me. I, I get it. People like him. I'm just not one of those people. So there also seems to be a big issue in WWE when it comes to what's going to be happening at WrestleMania. Now, there's some theories that are being thrown around that it could be The Rock versus Roman Reigns in that match in the headlining match. Now, obviously there've been so many plans to put Cody in that situation for Cody to finish the story. Do you think this detracts or this upsets Cody? If unfortunately that does not happen. Do you think that Cody would accept wrestling? Whoever the world heavyweight champion is. Or do you think anything less than being WWE champion is going to be okay with Cody Rhodes? If I'm Cody, anything other than WWE champion, I'm not happy with. I'd, I'd be pissy about that. That's why he went back. We all know that. He said it himself. Yeah. He went back to finish the story or the business or whatever. No, do what his dad never did. His brother never did. Da, da, da. However, that spiel went. He's, that's what he's gone back for. And if he's not going to get it, why? What? What's the good of it? So I, I think if he doesn't get it, if I'm him and I don't get it, I'm pissed off. I'd be unhappy about that. I mean, how many more years left on his contract? Well, they probably added back on all the time he was gone for his uh, for his injuries. So I would say he's probably realistically got another three years or so on his contract. How long was his deal? I think it was originally five. Oh, I did not know it was that long. I thought it was a three-year deal. Yeah. But still, um, I mean, so you're going to keep him floating around the top for how long? Because at a certain point, we're going to get tired of that too. Oh, yeah, man, no, I agree. I mean, he's still... Biting at the tires. He's he's close. He's close. Well, we know he's going to lose. So if it gives a damn, if it gets to that point, then, yeah. then that doesn't work either. Yeah, I can definitely see where that could become an issue. Um, I'm just a little worried about. I'm a little worried about if that doesn't happen how will that be perceived? Meaning like you gotta think about the rock coming in. It would be huge, huge. If he wrestled now, do you think the rock would, would say to himself, you know what? We, we need to stick with what the story was. And that's about the next guy. He's thinking about himself. 
Then bringing the rock back's not going to help you. It's a one-off. That's going to make it's going to make it relevant. Right. Don't get me wrong. If you're going to do it, he's the guy you bring in. And WrestleMania is when you do it. You'll sell a boatload of more pay-per-views. But what do you do on the Monday after? Where do you go? What happens? It's a great question. The thing is, you're not going to put the belt on him. Or I, I strongly doubt they'll put the belt on him. Maybe they could. Who knows? But so I wouldn't you, think so. Do so you then think? What do you have? He beats Roman. Okay, Roman defeated The Rock. He's truly the head of the family, head of the table. You, you drew a massive rating. Okay, that's great. You kind of buried The Rock a bit. Not that you can really bury him at this point, but you know what I mean. Right. And you still don't have anybody to challenge Roman. And you pushed Cody to one side again. So now his value's gone down a bit. I mean, it's a very, very short-term answer. It's just a pop for one night, realistically. And I, it's just, it's not, wrestling is, it's not one night. It's, it's the story. It's everything going forward. It's the months leading up. It's the months after. And bringing in guys like The Rock or Goldberg or stuff like that, it's, it's just very narrow, very hot shot book and bring it in, draw big pop, big numbers. Uh, but it didn't address our true issue. Do you think, here's a question for you, do you think that if Cody does not wrestle for the world or for the WWE championship, that that's it? Meaning people are going to start to get jumping off the bandwagon. When, when do people start leaving this Cody hysteria? Because that, this can't keep up. Cody will always be popular, I think. Just Due to who his dad is, his brother is, the lineage. No, uh, but I mean, he did for himself being after super WWE, pushed. Uh, they'll probably still push him. But yeah, the, the bandwagon will start to thin out because what's the point of being on the bandwagon for somebody you know is not going to be the guy? Where right. you know is going to lose? It's kind of hard to root for him. They'd be like rooting for the Jets. Just, just. I wish I could mute your uh, microphone. Oh well. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm very confused with this because I mean, you got a little, little person called L.A. Knight, and once again, when you have lightning in a bottle, you got to use it. Now, L.A. Knight recently uh, has COVID, and so obviously that changed a lot of plans. But right now, do you still think when it comes to just? Over Cody is still more over than LA Knight. No, I don't know if anybody's more over in WWE than LA Knight. People love him, he is the cat's meow. Is he not? His t shirts are four to top five selling shirts on WWE shop or shop WWE. It was at one point, anyhow. Yeah, he's He's he's, huge. Yeah. I really couldn't blame WWE if they replaced 
Cody with LA Knight. I just feel like they've been pushing this whole finish the story thing for so long now that if, if it doesn't happen, I feel like people are going to be like, oh, well, WWE ditched on this guy, you know? Haven't they kind of already? Isn't it teetering on that now? I don't think we're far from it. I mean, if Cody Rhodes, no matter what he does in WWE, if he does not end up becoming WWE champion, that will be remembered more than anything else he did. Was he came back to win and he didn't. Pretty much. Uh, Cody Rhodes went ahead and he made a comment on Monday Night Raw. He said, and I quote, Cody Rhodes says, we're not in the third inning anymore. Um, Obviously referring to the bloodline, which was something that Paul Heyman had mentioned that they were still early in the game. Cody Rhodes took a shot at the bloodline on September 25th episode of Monday Night Raw. The American Nightmare opened the show and commented on Jey Uso leaving the bloodline, leaving SmackDown and coming to Raw. He teased that he might have an ulterior motive uh, wanting Jey to be on the red brand. Cody also stated something told him that we're not in the third inning anymore, meaning there might be all of this may be coming to an end very, very soon. Now, the line was a clear reference to Paul Heyman's comments at the post-show press conference at SummerSlam following Roman Reigns' win over Jay Uso in the main event. He said, we're only in the bottom of the third inning regarding how long the Bloodline storyline still has to go. Now, Cody previously lost the undisputed WWE Championship to Roman Reigns at last year's WrestleMania. What will be happening with Cody Rhodes now? Will he eventually get his chance at Roman Reigns again? Do you think that the audience would be upset if they had him lose again? So let's say he does get the match and WWE books him to lose again. What do you think? That'd be bullshit. I'd just be terrible. Why why are you gonna book that again? Why are you gonna have your your same main event for WrestleMania two years in a row and have the same outcome? Did that make any sense? Am I am I talking foolish here thinking that, that no, no you're, idea? you're thinking correctly? No, no. People don't usually say that to me. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that, buddy. You're very welcome. But but you know what I'm saying? Like that just that just wouldn't make sense. You can't rinse and repeat your main event at WrestleMania. You just can't do it. People will be pissed. People were pissed last year. I was one of them. If you do it again this year, if you if they do that again this year, Cody, guess what, bud? You're a mid-carter now. That's it. If they push him to where they have him main event at WrestleMania again, Two years in a row, taking on Roman Reigns, and he loses again, done. Where do you go with it? You can't continue that. Well, there's also... got his number at that point. Two WrestleManias in a row, you lose, you don't get a third crack at that. You got to think that they're going to give it to him. but, But here's the thing that I have a problem with. The problem I have with the whole Cody Rhodes situation is everyone knows he came back to finish the story. Like, that's the big thing, right? He came back to finish the story. 
it, it almost becomes very predictable that he eventually will become champion. Now, do you use Cody as a middleman until you... So what do you do? So Cody Rhodes wins at WrestleMania. Does he automatically then, do we set something up again for Roman Reigns for a, a, a rematch? Or does Roman Reigns take a little time off? Because there is some people that are saying right now within WWE that everyone is very high on Damian Priest. And many people believe right now the work Damian Priest has done with Judgment Day is slowly starting to set him up to be in the main event picture, the main event conversation, because they're impressed with his work ethic. So now you got you got Damian Priest, uh, you got L.A. Knight, you got Cody Rhodes. Cody has this this thing about coming back and finishing his story, but yet in the midst of him coming back, you have the resurgence of L.A. Knight, and you have another person who's having a phenomenal 2023, which is Damian Priest. You kind of promised people somebody was going to finish the story. Do you then all of a sudden say, hey, guess what? We're going in a different direction because I will admit to you, Damian Priest sounds like a damn good idea as a WWE champion. He's got a look. He's got the physical stature. He's really good at talking. You, I mean, obviously keep um, Rhea Ripley with him as well. I mean, you could have a Triple H China type of thing. And, and you know, as well as I do, people have been making references to Rhea Ripley as the modern day China. Do you think that could become a thing where Cody is kind of like that all-American hero? Uh, how long can you run that out, though? I'm I'm just throwing a ton of scenarios out there because I'm just trying to figure out how do we keep our word to the Cody fans, but yet also not ignore what's happening with other people on the rise. It's a slippery slope in this because they're pressed with two. I hadn't even brought Damon Priest into it personally. I hadn't hadn't crossed my mind. But we'll just go back to two. Cody and LA Knight. Well, we've talked about this before. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. True. You can't get this right, or you can't get this wrong. Depends how you want to look at it. LA Knight, red hot. Over like Rover. If you push him, ride that out as long as you can. Get the most mileage out of those tires. And then kind of take it and see where it goes. He's over organically. You, That's what you want. You can't make that. You can't go the Roman Reigns route and shove it down your throat. L.A. Knight got over organically. Perfect. So if you go that route, that's not a bad deal because people are going to get behind. People are behind him. The pop he would get if he was your champion would be ridiculous. People would love it. How long do you really have in that, though? We don't know. Cody, you've been teasing it. He came back. You teased it, teased it, teased it. He's going to be your champion. If you don't, you kind of bury him. If you do go that route, you could be killing off L.A. Knight's hype. 
you know, because if if you go the Cody route, so you make Cody your champion, you still got to do something with LA Knight to keep him relevant. Whether you have him in the title pitcher, which would still work. If LA Knight came in, and even if he lost, but he was still in the pitcher, that wouldn't kill him. If you just completely leave him out, that kills him. Well, I think, anyhow, that would just bury him. Now do you have him go to the IC title? That way, at least you got a belt on You can still keep him relevant. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Okay, but then, but okay. So what? What you? If if okay, if you're saying you you bring him, if you go with Cody, you're saying that you would want LA Knight to obviously still stay relevant. So you'd have to put him in a program with somebody that was still a top guy, right? Yes. Preferably yep. for a championship. That means you'd be putting him in there with Gunther, which. Dude, he's a machine. Like, are you really wanting to take this guy who basically has the persona, the longevity, all the stuff of a Bruno San Martino, but he it can tell a great story? Do you want to really take the belt off of him with the Imperium as you're trying to maybe continue the momentum of that faction? Then again, let's talk about that. What about Gunther? He's already mm-hmm. sitting in the second slot. A Gunther Roman Reigns match would be brutal. I think yeah. he could he could get he could abuse Roman Reigns if he wanted to. That would be brutal. Again, another guy who I think could easily slide into that second spot. Um, but let's kind of stay on topic here. So, someone's opinion that I don't necessarily always agree with, but for the sake of this conversation, I'll I'll go along with it. So, Eric Bischoff was asked. The Cody Rhodes LA Knight situation that, that the Butster and I are, are talking about as we speak. What do you do? Like, what, what's what's the magical elixir for all of this? What is the magical wave my wand and and everybody ends up happy with their situations? Well, Bischoff recently participated in a Q&A on his episode of 83 Weeks Podcast. Now, during the podcast, Bischoff was asked about the next potential top star in WWE with such people being discussed as Cody Rhodes, LA Knight, and others. Now, he says there's no real wrong answer, but he ultimately believes Cody is next in line for the spot. This is what he said. As for the uber-popular LA Knight, Bischoff believes that the former Eli Drake is a major star who's sitting in the waiting room to be the future. Here's a quote. I think for the future, it's LA Knight. I think LA Knight's going to end up being a massive star. If he's not already, he's a huge star, huge, but he's not as big as he's going to be in the future. So he's a massive star in the waiting room. Roman Reigns currently is the man right now. So where's our focus as far as Cody? Cody has to be the next guy in line. As of right now, Cody is the future of WWE for probably the next 24 to 36 months after he defeats Roman Reigns. But after that, what happens? Injuries, other opportunities, more people begin to, to rise up. Obviously, new crops of people come up from NXT. LA Knight would be the person that would clearly end up taking it from him and taking it into the future. Um, he would then go on to say, I would imagine... But I would imagine most of the planning and the con- conversations are all about Cody and what's going to be happening at WrestleMania in Philadelphia. By the metrics alone, right now, I would say it would be Cody. Um, 
two to three years. How old is LA Knight going to be in three years' time? Well, that's my next big thing. So you're you're basically saying you're going to take the belt off of Roman Reigns and you're going to give it to Cody. But now you're saying Cody's going to have it for like 24 to 36 months. Do you think they would do that? Would they go from a really long title run with Roman to yet another long title run with a Cody Rhodes. That's a long time, Mike. How, what's free or what's Freeland? Yeah. What's Roman at now? Three years? Yes. Some somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. To go to another three year reign. Man alive. That's a lot. It is. So you're gonna so you think so you're six years and you've had three champions. Whoever Roman beat, I can't remember. And Roman and Cody. That's that's a lot. So you'd have the title tied up for, for two guys, really. Yeah. For six years. For six and, years. And you gotta think Gunther, Damian Priest, other people coming up. But LA Knight, is he gonna stay like he is for another three years? Maybe that's, he will, and I hope he does. I I agree, but will he stay white hot for that many years in that's waiting? A, that's a long time. And Sean Ricker right now, his birthday is coming up. Uh, he's 40 right now. His birthday's on November 1st. He'll turn 41. Think about this, so guy. 43, 44. I was just about to say he's going to be in his mid-40s. We're, this is according to Bischoff, by the way. So take it for what it's worth. But 43, 44, when he gets the belt, is he still going to be where he is right now at that time? Again, we've said this before with Wardlow. And I'm not going to say a whole lot, but you got to strike when the iron's hot. He was a perfect example. You should have struck when the iron was hot. I don't necessarily think Sean Ricker is going to be that hot in three to four years. And and we said we could be wrong. And we hope we're wrong because he's a great dude and he's a great wrestler. But generally speaking, when a guy gets hot like this, kind of out of the blue, really, he, he got red hot out of the blue. Nobody's seen this coming. No. Nobody was like, L.A. Knight is going to be the cat's meow. He's our next guy. Nobody's seen it. Anybody tells you it did is a liar. I'm sorry. You're not being truthful. You are being For, deceptive. Well, you are. <laughs> Let's be honest. You are. Anybody that says that is not. You're just not. You're full of crap. So for him to still be the top guy in two, three years. Right. A long time, man. Like that's a hell. So much can happen in that. An injury, heaven forbid. You know, just a little bit of mid forties. I mean, you and I are in our mid forties. Mid forties, perfect. Don't look at me like that. Hey, hey, I'm forty two, man. You're the one who's what forty seven. I'll quit this show. You know that. <laughs> If the verbal abuse keeps happening, on me. it's just going to be me. <laughs> right. You're running out of options. Okay. You pretty much reached the bottom of the barrel when you called me back. No, you're probably one of the pinnacles, my friend. So, but let's, let, let's, so it's just that I don't, I can't see that happening. Just, just on those timelines. What I envision could be totally wrong. This is just me thinking, okay. How I see it going over is Cody gets the belt off of Roman at WrestleMania. Now, I'll throw one out there. Just 
just as a complete random popped in my head when you were talking about The Rock coming back. Gotcha. Cody and Roman, main event, night two, WrestleMania. Got it. Okay. You have a sprinkling of The Rock leading into it. You can go one of two ways. Rock is your enforcer, referee. That doesn't get done a hell of a lot anymore. That could be fun. Or Rock just, just does the run-in. No ref is hurt. Rock comes in. Rock bottom. People's elbow. The place goes ballistic. People lose their shit. Cody pins him. Cody's champion. No. Roman needs to have a rematch. You, you can't have Roman beat Cody at WrestleMania. Cody beat Roman at WrestleMania. And you just go. That That just won't fly. So realistically, you're, you're three months. What's the next event after, um, the next big event after Mania? SummerSlam? SummerSlam is in August. Okay. Well, well what is it then, Michael? I can't um, remember. Gosh, they've changed some things. It used to be Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah, Backlash is not a big pay-per-view. Um, it's a good question. I have to look up on the. So, so you, you're you're probably going to run a program of Cody and Roman after you got to have your rubber match. Okay, Cody wins clean this time. So now, so you've gone, say six months after WrestleMania, Cody's your champion clean. Roman, of course, is hurt. You do that angle so he can go away. Do a movie, relax, put his feet up, do whatever the hell he wants. Take his time off. He's deserved it. He's being champion for three years. So you go that route. Then, if things are still going well with LA Knight, he's still popular and whatnot. You could do the LA Knight Cody angle. No. I had I hadn't thought of the Damian Priest angle until you brought it up. There'll be some good matches there because you, you can't just keep wasting Damian Priest either. So you go that route. Gunther's got to be in there somewhere along the line. So do you run the Damian Priest and Gunther, LA Knight and Cody? I don't know. That could be all right. Gives you two fresh feuds. Four big names, getting lots of television time, you know, getting lots of attention. You could go that route. I would think you're going to keep the belt on Cody for a year, providing it's working. If it's not working and the fans have turned on him, then they're going to yank the belt off him. Look at his split. Right? But you would generally, I would think you'll have the belt on Cody for at least a year. Mania to mania, minimum of that. After all the after all the hype, the hoopla, and the push, you're not going to have him a transitional champion. Win it at WrestleMania, lose it at Backlash, or lose it at SummerSlam. You're just not going to do that. That'd be stupid. That would make zero sense whatsoever. Because then all your hype and hoopla was for what? A little tiny rain like that just to say he did it, and now you're going to put him back to mid-card status, upper mid-card? That's not going to happen. That wouldn't make sense, I don't think. Do you? No, but, I mean, so you think that if, if he gets it, 
at Mania 40, he keeps it Mania to Mania, you think? There's going to be at least that, yeah. Because you're going to have your first little bit, he's still feuding with, Ray- with Roman. <laughs> Not Raymond, Roman. <laughs> I, I'll, the, the reason why I just chuckled was I do, I was thinking of everybody loves Raymond. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking he's going to start feuding with Ray Romano. Oh, God. Mm. Promos could be good. I'm not sure about the in-ring action, but yes. so you're gonna you're gonna have that go for a bit. You have to. You have to continue that. You can't just end that feud, and have Roman go from a three-year run, three and a half-year run, whatever it'll be by then, to just he lost and he's gone. But that that's just terrible writing. That just won't fly. Okay, so Cody wins at Mania. Yep. But not cleanly, kind of because Roman did not win cleanly at Mania last year. Exactly. So, so you're now run that back. it's tit that. for tat. Mm-hmm. He gets the belt. Then obviously Roman is upset because he feels like he got screwed over or whatever it may be. But wouldn't the okay? So you're saying you're saying the Rock would come out as the enforcer, screw over Roman, and Cody goes over. It's just, yeah, something like that. It's just the reason I, I say that is because you get the best of all worlds. You get the massive pop of the rock being there. You get the belt off Roman. So Cody gets his push now, gets his time with the belt. You know, you can continue that feud a little bit longer, but evidently still keep it on Cody. You know, Roman loses, gets his little bit of time away. Cody runs it out for a year. You could build a feud with somebody else. Because right? really, we've had Roman for four or five years now as the main attraction of WWE, really. So it gives us a, a break from him. Right? So when he comes back after being away for a bit, you know, he's, you know, was it uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder? Absence. Yep. Right? Absence, whatever. You know, you get where I'm going with this. So, you know, he comes back after being away for a bit because you could bring him back as a face even. He's been away. He's been hurt. You know, he comes back, comes back as a face or just comes back as a complete, total miserable scumbag that cheats and is up to no good and just as an absolute savage. Go that route too, which would be fun. It, it would just open it up more if you go that route. I think it'll get you all the pops you need, but you can continue um, with Cody finally getting his belt, and you can open up feuds for other people. You could get LA Knight in there. You could get Damian Priest in there. Maybe even get Gunther in there. But you're you're basically saying that Cody gets one year Donzos. Probably. Well, the reason why 12, I keep, 12, 18 months, no more than 18 months. But here's what didn't make any sense to me. And, and I'm trying to rationalize this. So Solo Sokoa screwed over Cody Rhodes. Why didn't Cody immediately go into a program with Solo Sokoa? So uh, you got mine on that one. Because if you had the rock interfere and cost Roman the championship, conventional wisdom would say, that Roman would want to go after Dwayne for what he did, being disloyal to the family. Yeah. 
And that in itself could set something up. We've seen people challenge people to the following year's WrestleMania the night after WrestleMania. Yeah, that, that could be. So you could basically take Roman Reigns, and he almost could be doing his own little quest to find himself or whatever like that. And then Cody goes off to do his own thing. But, I mean, do I think you would have a rematch? I, I feel like... I feel like if you had, and this is just my opinion, I think if you had a rematch between Cody and Roman and Cody won cleanly, because you're basically trying to say they're going to trade two wins for two wins, right? Well, you need a rubber match. Because they've only had two matches. Am I right or have they had three? No. So, okay. So Cody, Cody came back <laughs> and he had a match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 3. 37 or 38? 38, I believe. Okay. So then... Oh, I gotta, I gotta think here. Hmm. Let's see here. Let me see with the 38 card. So many 38. I want to see what else was on that card here. Uh, let's see who else was there. Only reason I'm I'm looking at this because I want to make sure. Ah, uh, yes, it was Cody. It, okay, okay. So Brock took on. So Brock was the WWE champion at WrestleMania 38. He was taking on Roman Reigns. So Cody took on. Shit, who did, was it? Seth Rollins. I think so. I'm fairly sure. Uh, why am I not getting? Seth freaking Rollins comes out. A pinch, okay, it's like Benjamin man to Rollins waits. Okay, so Cody Rhodes came out and beat and beat him. Okay, all right, interesting. Well, we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens here. I think it'll be interesting. They have a lot of good options. Is to just what we should be getting here is. WWE has a lot of good options that they can go with for their title. A ton. A ton. And so that's one thing you've got to give credit where credit is due. They've set themselves up nicely. Maybe a little too nice. Really. Well, I would say I don't think that you can have Cody be a two- or three-year guy, and I don't think you could have LA Knight be a two- or three-year champion. I just don't think it makes any sense. I think three year champions there. So uh, Sean Ricker is two years older than Cody. So if you're going to have Cody do something for the next 36 months, Sean's going to be 43 going on 44 before he gets the belt. Now, I don't know what his contract looks like, but they've been trying to work out a five year deal contract with him. And I don't know if they've officially came together on terms with anything yet, but I mean, I think that's a, that's a stretch. That's a stretch for it's a long time. It's hard to book three years out. Yeah. Cause guess what? Whatever you plan, it ain't happening. No. Someone's gonna get hurt. Yep. The fans are gonna turn on somebody. Somebody's gonna become bitter. You know, there there's so much is 
going to happen. Not could happen, but is going to happen. Somebody else could become red hot. Get over just like LA Knight is. And LA Knight gets lost in the shuffle. It could happen. You can't plan that far out. You just can't. It's too much. Or he could just be like, you know what? I've had a good run. I've made my money. Life is good. I've taken care of myself. I've taken care of myself financially. I'm out. You don't know. You can't predict that far out. You just can't. It's too hard. It's, it's, it's damn near impossible. Well, let's let's throw another name out. I mean, we talked about so many people who could be in the big picture here. So obviously, I, I personally think that Damian Priest would be an excellent choice. I also think that Gunther would be a great choice. Um, obviously, Sean Ricker uh, would be a great choice as well. Cody, I think that's kind of obvious thing. But I want to talk about somebody who really, I don't feel like he's gotten a lot of attention because he was in NXT. And he was gone for a little while. And now he's back in NXT. And that's Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker is scheduled to go head-to-head with Baron Corbin on WWE's NXT No Mercy. And that's going to be coming up this Saturday night. Now, recent appearance on Stick to the Wrestling Podcast, Breaker was questioned about his goal of headlining a WrestleMania. He stated that he sees himself in that position one day to become that guy. He says the following, I'm so driven and so goal-oriented and so focused on my craft and trying to evolve and be great and trying to take in all the knowledge that I can. I'm being taught and implemented this way my entire life. My attention to detail and the learning process is unmatched. Just about how much as I pay attention, I write things down and I'm eager to learn. And I think it goes back to my coaching and when I was in college because I would burn my brain on a daily basis on so much attention to detail. Small things matter, and little things matter as well. So yeah, one day I will main event WrestleMania. I'm sure it'll be with, he said Carmelo Hayes, uh, and he said we'll do it on more than one occasion. Now, Carmelo Hayes is is a huge uh, star right now in WWE, and it's somebody that I feel like would will definitely make waves. I definitely believe Carmelo Hayes is going to be a big deal as well. I mean, he already is a big deal, but Braun Breaker, you know, we were always kind of questioning what would happen with Braun Breaker. Where would Braun Breaker go? What would he do? You know, a lot of people thought that he was eventually going to, you know, appear at the Royal Rumble and then have a really good showing and then start to kind of feud on the main roster. Well, that really didn't quite happen. And do you think, in your opinion, that he is still somebody who WWE can see as a potential champion again. I think so. Um, he's he's got everything you want. Good on the mic. You can wrestle. Got a great look. You know he's got the uh, the pedigree, the lineage, or whatever. No, not that you want to advertise that, but. You know, he, he has what you want. He grew up around the business. Absolutely. I personally don't understand why he's not already on the main roster. I think he should be. It, it, did he just want a little more seasoning on him? Or maybe they just don't have 
they don't want to bring him up to have him just get lost in the shuffle. Well, and I think that's a big part of it right now. I mean, we've right. just named off a ton of people that I think are probably going to be due to be getting big push. Mm-hmm. And I think he's another guy, but he's even further down the line. So I think you have to end up asking yourself, is he somebody that we would see? Well, hell, I can't even see five years from now, because at the end of the day, if you're thinking that you're going to only have two guys who are going to be WWE champion in the next, what, five or six years, then how does he factor into that? You know what I mean? It almost becomes a situation of you're like, what the hell's going on here? Like, do you think at some point stars are going to get a little frustrated with, I mean, we talked about it with AEW. Is the, is the roster a little bloated? It's a little bloated. Do you think they're going to f- find the same situation in WWE where you got a, lot of, a, a bunch of big names and they're just not getting the opportunities that they could or should get? I could see that. You get that with anything. You get that with any team. You get that with different work environments. You know, if you have too many people, too many bosses, too many people that sh- think they should be the boss, doesn't work out. Somebody's going to leave, go to a different company, be a pain in the ass in the office, whatever it would be. Um, the roster is getting big. And there's a lot of really, really good wrestlers, like you said there. Okay, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw one out there. Once again, I'm going off script here. Do you think he would be further ahead to just stay in NXT? He'll right now? Push. Yes. I definitely right now, think him coming be. to the main roster is a bad idea. I think, anyhow. It, the timing would just be wrong. But if he were to come up, so say in a year, they bring him up. Not just WrestleMania. WrestleMania after, so that's I guess that'd be eighteen months or so. They bring forty-one. Up. Yep, a year and a half, long time. So he's been in, in developmental or the minors or whatever you want to call it for another year and a half. How far can he really go there? You're only going to develop so far, right? So you got to eventually bring him up. So say if they bring him up in a year and a half. Probably not gotten a heck of a lot better than he's going to be now, or going to be in six or nine months' time, because he's he's kind of reached the ceiling there. But are you not better to leave him in the minors or developmental? Sorry, to where he can still be relevant and still be on TV and still be the big name, you know, the big dog in the yard, however you want to look at it. Versus bring him up, he's not going to be a champion. He's not even going to get a sniff of it, I don't think. Right now, there's so many wrestlers ahead of him. Correct. With bigger names that have put in their time, and they're right on the cusp. So he, he'd almost get lost in the shuffle, I think, unfortunately. And, and that'd be terrible. Yeah, That's, that would. That'd just be so disheartening for him well, be, and for the talent, for the fans too. People that are you'd fans be, of him. You'd be introducting him and then 
just like you said before, getting buried in the shuffle. And he doesn't get nowhere there. So I think he's probably better off in NXT for the next bit. Once again, it's a tough one because he's not going to develop anymore. He's he's not going to develop a hell of a lot more. He's at the top there. Well, how long are you going to keep him there? You, you can't just completely wipe out the roster and bring everybody up and have a bunch of complete uh, green wrestlers. That won't work. But you got to give him a chance, though, as well. Like he's he's done it all for you. He deserves a chance, but there's so many people ahead of him right now. Timing is terrible right now to be at that level, I think, because there are so many other ahead, once again, because they have a very full roster. Right? But what are his other options? Leave? Okay. Where's he going to go? Impact? NWA, MLW, AEW. Oh, none of them are what he has now. Right? MLW couldn't afford him. NWA couldn't afford him. Impact probably can't afford him. AEW can afford him, but what's he going to do there? He's going to come in. He's not going to be at the top. You know, so I don't know. It's just... It's a bit of a tough time to be coming in right now. Wrestling is, is the best it's been in a very long time. We're really lucky right now. It's almost a, a renaissance for wrestling. But if you're coming up now, it's tough going because there's a lot of really, really good wrestlers ahead of you. You're just going to have to pay your dues and wait. And his timing is not good for that. No, it's not. By the way, uh, Braun Breaker is only 25, so I mean, obviously, immensely, immensely younger than everyone else. So at the end of the day, if you don't want to rush him, there's no real reason to because of the, the 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 significance of his age. I mean, he's he's young. I mean, shoot, if you even waited, they wouldn't. But you know, 10 years, he'd only be 35, and he would still have time to go. Still, so, but um. I want to talk about a couple other things here uh, before we're done tonight. Uh, PCO, Pierre, Carl, Olette, he uh, joined Impact Wrestling uh, at Hard to Kill 2022 after uh, Ring of Honor ended their hiatus. And then PCO was part of Honor No More with uh, Matt Taven and Vincent and Mike Bennett and Maria Kanellis. Well, that stable all moved on to AEW, and he ended up staying with Impact Wrestling. He had feuds with Eddie Edwards in 2022 and 2023. He was involved with a program with Bully Ray and Steve Macklin heading into Slammiversary, but he wasn't able to compete at the event. He did defeat Bully Ray in an Anything Goes match at Victory Road. He most recently competed in the Feast or Fired match at Impact 1000. Um, right now, his contract is believed to be expiring. And uh, he is not going to be re-signing with Impact Wrestling. Question for you. PCO has done a lot of great things in wrestling. He is well-known all over the world. Um, what do you do if you're, if you're PCO? I mean, you're not going to re-sign with Impact Wrestling. But let's say you want to stay in the business. 
what happens? Where do you think someone like PCO goes? Is there a is there a good destination for him? Do you think that he could show up, let's say, I don't know, at the Royal Rumble? I mean, do you think he could go back to WWE to finish his career? What, what do you think would happen with PCO right now? With his current gimmick, doesn't leave a lot of doors open. He would not fit in WWE. It's too um, theatrical, his gimmick is. Well, I mean, a lot could be said for the Bray Wyatt character as well. Yeah, I agree. You're, no, fair. Great point. But I, I just don't think he would... His gimmick at his age and the way he wrestles, I don't think WWE would be the answer. He, he'd he have to change his gimmick up completely, I think, to get in there. Um... Uh, not AEW. Just, uh, no, just just no. It's too much. The roster's already ridiculous. Impact's probably his best. For for him, at this point, because don't forget, there were a lot of shows here in Canada. Yeah. He's shows Canadian. Yep. I mean, that's a pretty short flight from uh, Montreal to Hamilton. That's probably a one-hour flight. Right, so there's something to be said for that, uh, and he's done very well for himself there. Um, I could see him going back to Ring of Honor. That'd be fun. I could, I could get in on that. I think those are probably his best bets. Or Mexico, that gimmick like that could get over in Mexico. I could see it working down there. I don't know if there's enough money kicking around there for him to go in. Um, I can't see him going straight to the Indies. I can't see that happen. He's He's been around too long, done too much for him to do that. He's not at that point in his career, I don't think. But, I mean, he doesn't want to stay with Impact. He must have something, uh, a card up his sleeve. You would think, anyhow. Right? be very interesting to see where where he ends up deciding to go um i think whatever he does he's going to do very very well another another guy who his contract is set to expire is sammy callahan so a lot of people are wondering what's going to be happening with mr sammy callahan his contract is set to expire soon and they believe meaning impact that he's not going to resign or re-up with the company WWE and AEW aren't the only two pro wrestling companies in the world who have interest in free agents. Now, it appears that Sammy Callahan's Impact Wrestling deal is drawing to a close. The former world champion is running up to just under a week, and it's unclear what he's going to do next. Now, for those of you who might not be super familiar with Sammy Callahan, he was a part of NXT. He was known as Solomon Crow. He was back in there in 2013 to 2015. Then he parted ways with WWE to pursue his own path in pro wrestling. Now, Sean Ross Sapp and Fightful is saying right now, Sammy Callahan is running up sooner than later for his contract expiring. Now, he has been with Impact since 2017 after he departed from NXT again on his own terms. Now, a lot of people are wondering right now if AEW would be a place where Sammy Callahan might show up. He has a long-time running relationship with John Moxley. As we know, Moxley has a lot of influence when it comes to AEW and 
He's definitely in the ear of Tony Khan. Do you think Butster, here's a question, Sammy Callahan um, would have an opportunity to take the next step in his career if he went to an AEW and did stuff with John Moxley? I'd watch that match. They would beat the holy hell out of one another. I don't know how much how much legs it would have, but it could be some fun matches. Um, it'd be a short term solution. I don't think it'd be a long term thing. And we're right back to what's been said a thousand times on this show. You're bringing one more talent into an already bloated roster. No, I agree with you, but I mean, you got to think about it. If he leaves one company, there's three main places that you're going to go if you're looking to make good money. Mm -hmm. WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling. Now, when I say good money, I mean, I I don't even know what uh, Impact pays. I don't. But they're making enough to where they're not working a real job. I I would assume. I, I would assume. I would assume. I don't know. But but once again, Sammy Callahan, obviously he's not a spring chicken either. Would Sammy Callahan be somebody that I don't necessarily know if I would say he's going to take up another spot on the roster if he's doing some stuff with Moxley in you know, maybe there's kind of a tension between, you know, is Moxley really friends with this guy or, you know, I think they're going to end the Blackpool Combat Club. I really do. I think that's going to end. I think they're going to pull the plug soon on that. Um, I'm not really sure where they're going to go with it, but I think there could be some very interesting things that he does with Moxley. I think there's to be interesting things that he does with uh, Eddie Kingston as well. Um, I'm not saying there couldn't be good stuff he does in AEW. But you're saying it's it's not a long-term fix. No. Because their roster is huge already, Mike. If you're bringing somebody in, you got to get rid of somebody. Oh, I've given you a list of people I think people could get rid of. I know that we could they could definitely make some uh, make some moves there. Um, but, so, I mean, I'd hey, going back to, to WWE. I would love to see them in a... In a sparklers death match would be fantastic. I really would love to have seen if that ring would have exploded like it did in Japan. Like legitimately just That would have been great. If it would have vaporized, I think that would have been cool. We wouldn't be talking about it like we are, sadly. Now All right, just, so now we mock it. But no, he him going to AEW, it could be a lot of fun. Him and Mox, I think, would be amazing. Those That'll be vicious. That'll be violent. They will beat the crap out of each other. Him and Eddie, same thing. Not to the same level of violence. Because Mox is a little hoo-hoo. Right? And so is Callahan. Eddie's vicious, but he's not going to break out the light tubes and barbed wire and the death match stuff that Sammy and Mox would do together. Like It would be borderline... CZW, two of them. They'd like, be close. They'd be pretty. It'd be pretty wicked, I think. So him coming in, it could be a lot of fun. I just don't know where you'll go with it. Yeah, it's, that's a good I don't, point. It wouldn't be like a two-year program. It well, be, and 
he's not going to be kicking around for a long time. And you've got to think about it. We talked about this earlier. AEW really needs to make sure that they're starting to push the young guys too, because their contracts will be up at some point, And then WWE is going to want to scoop them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you manage all these turbulent waters that is wrestling? But what yet we have another free agent we have to talk about before we're done. Chick magnet punk CM punk is no longer with AEW. As we all know, he's going to be fresh on the market. Now, Busted Open Radio's Bully Ray expressed that his belief is that Impact Wrestling should rush to the front of the line to sign a deal with CM Punk once he becomes a free agent. This is what Bully Ray had to say. A thousand percent I'd hire him. He stated emphatically, I think Punk needs to be in an environment that he is completely comfortable in, and I know for a fact he was not completely comfortable in WWE, and whatever went down in AEW, Bully Ray says his estimation is Punk is a valuable asset, to the professional wrestling business. If you were to put CM Punk on Impact Wrestling, Bully Ray explained, Impact stock would go up immensely. Bully didn't think there is anyone in the Impact locker room had would have any issues with CM Punk. He also brought up the fact that Punk visited a recent Impact taping that happened in Chicago and hung out with his friends in the locker room. Um, he also would go on to say, I think that Impact and Punk could do some great business together and bring eyes onto the product, he added believing that wrestling fans would be calling their cable satellite providers to make sure they had access TV. Now, it's not like Bully Ray is the only one speculating about where Punk could eventually end up going. Fellow WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff thinks that Punk will land up in WWE and put a bow tie on his in-ring career, speculating that Punk only has a few more years to capitalize on his name. Um, This information is coming from Wrestling Inc., um, and this is Ross Berman is reporting. So what do we think? Do we think that Impact Wrestling, he would go there to be the big star he is? I've also read reports where he still has beef with people in WWE. He still left a bad taste in some people's mouths in WWE. Um, I don't know what you do. Do I mean if you're CM Punk, clearly you're never going to make up with Tony Khan. You're never going back. Um, WWE, everyone thinks is a foregone conclusion, but there's still some sour grapes there as well. You know, you got a brand new crop of young guys. Do you really want to bring somebody like that in? Impact Wrestling's really got nothing to lose. Sign him to a short-term contract. Give him some good money. See if you can't compete in the ratings category. WWE, I don't think would be a good. Like once again, AEW not happening, or not for a long time anyhow. WWE, I don't see why they would. Uh, Thirty minutes ago, we were talking about what do you do with champions and whatnot. You got so much young talent, or not not just young talent, so much talent. You're already bottled up, you're keeping Braun Breaker in, in developmental so he doesn't get buried on the main roster. Well, you, if you bring in CM Punk, what do you do with him? I know. He's he's not coming in to be a a low-tier guy. No. That's not going to happen. If you bring him in, you're bringing him in towards the top. Right or wrong, that's a different conversation. So I don't know if that's going to fly. And he burned some bridges with WWE. I guess he hasn't burned any bridges with Impact yet, but how much money is he going to want? Can Impact afford him? 
Yeah. Would, would he help Impact? Yep. You bring in CM Punk, your ratings are going to go. Guaranteed. Will they go up ridiculous? Yeah, probably. Is it going to be a long-term ratings are going to go up crazy? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But he also comes with a lot of baggage you have to worry about. Like, who knows? I mean, Bully Ray's been around a long, long time. Right? He's, he's, he's damn good. Well-respected. He's a veteran. He's been there. He's done that. He knows things. He's not a knucklehead. But, I mean, Punk had issues with the Ring of Honor locker room. He had issues with WWE locker room. He had issues with AEW locker room. Well, what's the common denominator here? It's him. So what would make you think it'll be different in impact? So did he feel that he didn't fit in in the other three locker rooms, but he will fit in here? And I'm not trying to cut the guy up or tear him down or nothing like that. Well, no, it's just an observation just, on what's been going on. It. Yes. I don't know. He'll, he would help Impact. I firmly believe that. He will. I just don't know how much negative impact he might have. Or maybe he wouldn't be that bad. Maybe when he's not all over TV and maybe it'd be a little calmer. Who knows? We, we don't know. There could be something to that when he's not, you know, the face that's on TV every Monday night or Thursday night, Friday night, whatever SmackDown was when he was around with WWE and he's not on every Wednesday night. And maybe, you know, a little more lax, whatnot. But if you're bringing him in, he needs to know where he sits. Like, no, you're not coming in to be the boss. You're not coming in to dictate how things are done. You're coming in as talent. You're coming in as an employee. Bruce told, keep your app shut. No nonsense. That's how I would approach it. He would definitely help impact. I don't know if it's worth it. It's probably worth taking a flyer on short-term deal, depending on what kind of money he's going to want. People love him. He has a cult following. Yeah, he does. So if you bring him in, your ratings are going up, your merch is going up. You're going to sell some extra tickets. It's going to happen, guaranteed. You just kind of got to weigh it out. Is the headaches that could be CM Punk worth it? What are you going to get into? Well, it's a great question. Obviously, something that needs to be discussed by you wrestling fans. Let us know on social media. I am at the Mike Freeland, T-H-E-M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. We got the Butster is at GotNoof2291. You can go ahead and uh, hit him up on social media as well. Going into our last segment of the show, you and I have talked about this before, and I'm a big fan of hers, and I know you're a big fan of hers as well. And we've often asked ourselves, where has she been? 
So a new report is coming out that's shining light on why Serena Deeb has been gone from AEW for nearly a year. That's right. The last time she wrestled was on AEW Dark Elevation, and that was in October of 2022. Now, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful is claiming that this past summer, AEW noted that Deeb was not injured anymore, as previously reported, and that Deeb was actually more sidelined because she really wasn't factored into creative plans. Now, Sapp said that Deem says she had been dealing with a serious injury, but she was working to get cleared. However, Sapp cited AEW sources had noted that Deeb had a serious disagreement with management, which led to her absence from the company. Um, in continuation, the report does say that Deeb was very vocal about the way that she was used on AEW TV. Uh, and the amount of TV time that she had received when she was working there. Sources said it entered into the area of disrespect, and Deeb accused Tony Khan of management of cutting time on her matches and not informing her until she was about to go out to the ring. Uh, Sean Rossap also said on AEW side, they claimed that they got a lot of lists of times that sh uh, Deeb had wanted, um, but they were cut spots that time she wanted. Uh, Sap also said that is typical for producers and coaches not to inform talent of their match changes until they are about to walk out. Now, sources close to Serena Deeb says she hasn't heard this story directly from her, but members of AEW roster and others with the company, the situation is still saying that Deeb has heat. Now, there's no word whether Serena Deeb will ever return to AEW TV. Um, just stay tuned to find out more information on all of that. Uh, this is coming from WrestleZone and obviously Fightful as well. So you got an angry Serena Deeb who says that she's not happy about her matches getting cut, her segments getting cut, the time of her matches being cut. She says she's not finding out about this stuff till about she gets to the ring, which allegedly this is not uncommon for people not to be told until just about match time. Um, I don't know why you would cut a Serena Deep match. Like, she doesn't put on bad matches. I don't understand why that would become an issue. Um, but, Butster, how do we decipher all of this? I mean, is it a situation of Serena Deep just uh, got way too upset more than she should and crossed the line? Or does she have a right to be barking when it comes to some of these things? She's got a right to be a little riled up. Uh, sounds like she might have spazzed out a little bit too at the same time. But you know, being unhappy about something is one thing, but you can't pull a CM Punk and spaz out and go all ham on on TK. Um, I, I don't know the specifics of when you would let talent know if their match time was cut. I don't know how that works. It would strike me as not the best time to do it right before they're going out. Because, you know, they I've got 12 minutes for my match. They've talked to their opponent. They've worked out a couple things. And then just as you're going through the curtain, oh, no, you're at eight minutes now. Oh, that makes a huge difference. I wouldn't think they'd do that right before they go out. That just strikes me as not good planning. However, that's just me completely guessing. I don't know. Um, how creative doesn't have something for her doesn't shock me. Because the ratings been, well, 
there's another conversation we have on a weekly basis. You know, it's it's been a clusterfuck, for lack of better words, with Tony Khan at times. And the women's division has been completely lost. So I wouldn't be shocked if she feels a little bit disrespected. You know, if you're cutting my matches, you're cutting my segments, you're cutting the time of my matches, I do that continually over and over. You'd get a bee in your bonnet too, Mike. I know I would. I think anybody would. It is disrespectful. Uh, why is her matches getting cut? Well, segments have a tendency to go along with AEW. Once again, there's not a lot of control. There's, there was, I remember it was one MJF segment. It went like seven minutes over while well, it was allotted. Seven minutes, that's a match. Or three quarters of a match for sure. Well, you've you got to make adjustments now. Yes, this match that was going to be 10 minutes, now we have to squeeze it into three. How? So you're not just going to have that match. That match probably just got buried. And another match, we're going to give them an extra minute and a half or two minutes. So that's how that would happen. Um, Three of deep just got lost, I think. Once again, she got hurt at a bad time. And, you know, creative just kind of lost track of her, I, I think is what happened. And then... She was pissed off, and she voiced her opinion by the sound of it. And they got their backs up, and now we're at an impasse. It sounds a lot like a Thunder Rosa, honestly. I still think she needs to be brought back. I mean, you got to work something out with her, but she's too good of a wrestler to mm-hmm. not have on your roster. She's okay. too good. I agree. Sure, indeed, is fantastic. We've talked about this. You've heard me say this. So, so, but is she going to make you, are you going to get instant ratings with bringing Serena Deep back? As this is going to be more people tuning in. As opposed to the current women you have on there? Yeah, I yeah. do. You think so? Yeah. So, I don't know. I do. She she strikes Serena Deeb to me is in the same um, class as Molly Holly, as Natty. Very very good wrestlers, amazing. Just not over. They're all they're serviceable. They're the talent that you want on your roster because they will make other people look better. They will help people improve their skill set. But realistically, they're gatekeepers. So would you say, in your opinion, that in the AEW women's landscape right now, as opposed to bringing Serena D back, you are... And obviously, like you said before, if you bring somebody back, somebody's got to go. There's a lot that could go, let's be honest. Yep. But Serena Deeb coming back and then Thunder Rosa coming back. And I mean, you could rekindle a feud like that. I mean, there's so many things you could do. I mean, she's so good. I mean, I, I almost feel like, you know what I would want is to have a match with Serena Deeb ultimately becoming the women's world champion. I think that would be fantastic. I think 
Karashita could tear it up. And, and shit, her and Athena would be an amazing match that I think anyone would want to see. I think you, you gotta you gotta say, you know what, I screwed up on this one and bring her back. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. So she's very good. She's she's probably she's probably the best wrestler. Rather straight up wrestler in AW's women's division. Well, she's the female in, in, in the ring. You know what I'm talking about? I agree. Technical I abilities. I think she's probably your best wrestler. I agree. So she she would help. I agree, hundred percent. I just don't think she's going to sell you a shit ton of merch. She's not going to get you a bunch of people in the, in the seats because she's just that wrestler that's amazing in the ring. But nobody, I won't say nobody cares. No, that's harsh. But it's just just not over. Well, but think about it from this perspective. Let's say that if we're talking about somebody who's not quite over withdrawing people, you take MJF and this Adam Cole thing and you take this away, this whole storyline between Adam being torn from uh, Roderick Strong and Mike Bennett and uh, Matt Taven. Max really hasn't drawn a whole lot of people himself as a world champion right now. He hasn't. I mean, that's a fact. You look at the building and you see the fact that there's a lot of empty seats. So to say Max is a huge draw for AEW is probably a misnomer. And again, the reason why he's selling merch is because it's the Adam Cole storyline. Possibly. So could anybody say that, you know what, Max as a champion really hasn't quite panned out the way we thought it would. I think that could be true too. So, as, as well as both of them, Serena Deeb and Max can wrestle. I think when it comes to the women's division, you desperately need to stop hemorrhaging. You need to bring somebody in who can stabilize it. Serena Deeb could stabilize that and have great matches. Just, despite what people may think about Thunder Rosa, got to bring her back in the situation as well. And, I mean, if you bring in, let's say, on a short-term deal, Mercedes Monet, if you did, if you did, or if you don't bring her in, I mean, what about a Mandy Rose? Maybe potentially bringing her in because she could definitely wrestle as well. Or you don't sign another agent or a free agent and you go ahead and you bring uh, Athena over and she starts wreaking havoc. There's ways to improve the women's division and set up other matches that haven't happened yet. And again, Jamie, Jamie freaking hater, man, needs to get her ass back to work because she has been so sorely missed. Um, Why is her expected return? Have you heard anything? I haven't. I've been trying to inquire about some stuff about when we may see her. Um, I want to say before the end of the year. So... I'm going to say before the end of the year, she should officially be back. Let me see here. Um, let's see here. Here we go. Keep in mind, this was in August, some of these notes here. So this is from Ella J, and this is Wrestling Inc. Last week, Wrestling Observer. Newsletter reported that AEW Women's Champion, former Women's World Champion, Jamie Hayter, would not be medically cleared for All In which would be over in England. However, they did state that barring un any unexpected situation, she should be back 
soon after that. Now, an exact timeline for her coming back has not yet been determined yet. Um, so if she wasn't quite ready for All In, she was out for All Out. Um, she didn't come to Arthur Ashe. Could we see her at Wrestle Dream show up? It would be really cool to see a, a return of her at Wrestle Dream, which is going to be October 1st. So she definitely will be back before the end of the year. So I, I think she'll be back. Um, let me think here. Would it be full gear? That's the next pay-per-view. Yeah. Let's see here. I think you definitely should have something like that. Have her coming back. Um, I think full gear. If that's the one, she'd be... That'd be perfect to have her back. So that's so, middle of November, isn't it? End of November, something like that? Uh, Mid-November. So last year it was the 18th of November. So, yeah. So we're, we're, we're expecting it somewhere in mid-November. So that'll be a big boost to him there. Her coming back. That would be. That would but be yeah, huge. I'd like to see Deep come back. What's something, once again, a common denominator here is booking. She's pissed off about booking again. It seems to be a common trend with AEW. A lot of people are, are speculating that when Brian Danielson does start weaning back his schedule as far as in-ring stuff, he will pick up backstage stuff as far as being a very influential person. Because if you remember when he was not cleared to wrestle and he was doing Talking Smack with Renee, he also was working on the creative team at that time. Some people may or may not be aware of that, but he did. And Tony has a lot of respect for Brian Danielson. And I believe, and in, in, I'm paraphrasing here, said that he would be he would allow him to run a show. And that's a lot because Tony Khan doesn't let go of the reins very often. And for him to say something like that, but I think a lot of people have respect for Brian Danielson. And I think a lot of people would say, yeah, no, I agree with that. So I think Tony may slowly start to realize, you know what? I need to have some other people more hands on deck. He's got to know by now, doesn't he? Surely God. He can't be that narcissistic. Well, once again, we don't know him personally. I wouldn't assume he would be that way because it just doesn't fit what I've seen and the way he speaks. And But who knows? Who knows? I mean, Guys, all he's really got to do put on Twitter or X. He would catch on pretty quick. Well, yeah, this is true. We didn't even get to talk about... Uh, We'll talk about this the next time. Dolph Ziggler, where we think he... We, we talked about it last week, where we thought he would show up. Um, I do think he's going to team up with Ryan Nemeth. I, I do believe they're going to do something like that, working together. Whether it's short-term or not, I think he will show up in AEW. Um, there's a lot of rumors that, that continue to circulate around Edge that he is definitely going to find his way into AEW at some point in time. Be interested to see if that ends up happening. So there's so many things happening in wrestling, but 
The show itself tonight was great. We thank you so much for taking time to download this. We've had some great episodes of downloads, and all of that is due to you, the listener. So if you are going on a business trip, you're going to be flying the friendly skies or on a train or maybe you're on a cruise, uh, pop us uh, onto your phone, into your ears, and listen to the Butster and I talk about all things pro wrestling and we sharing our opinions again you can find us on twitter or x whatever you want to refer to it i'm at the mike freeland t-h-e-m-i-k-e-f-r-e-l-a-n-d he is at got new 2291 butster anything else that you have any comments thoughts concerns about anything before we put a bow tie on this show oh no i'm good let's send it home with that being said, it's been real. It's been fun. My name is Mike Freeland for Christopher Butt. We will catch you next time on the Front Row Material brand. <laughs>